Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Have an important follow-up on the rape allegations conversation and some more deep dives into the minds of the freed Israeli captives and the continually dissolving deteriorating story around October 7th and the evidence surrounding it. Now that it's becoming less and less contentious, but it's an interesting thing we were touching on this morning on the AM shows that on AM wake up that it's, we're almost at this time where, and it's not just post October 7th, but we saw this during COVID-19. I've made the point on things like East Palestine, Lahaina, where we get in these discussions where the, there's provable things happening. You, you can catch them in, in definitive lies whoever we're talking about and, and evidence falls apart. Their narrative collapses. The, the, the evidence becomes even more clear that they're crimi- acting with criminal intent, things like this. And nothing stops, nothing happens, nothing even slows down. And it's interesting because all you get is the other side of the argument or those with the vested interest in keeping it going or hiding the accountability. Just say, that's not true. Trust the science or, you know, whatever part of the story we're talking about. And what I'm really getting at is it's very interesting. We're at a point in time where it doesn't seem in, in the past, it would be that, okay, well, there's just never accountability because there's just ne- we don't have the tools, the information, you know, the internet comes along and there's different connectivity. And all of a sudden we're able to share things faster than they can stop them. And now we're at the point where even when things are proven, like, and I mean, literally proven, it's like, we all just kind of wash our, I, I, I don't know how, to, I don't even know how to stri- describe it past that because we don't stop. We still talk about it. People take real world physical action. And I guess, I guess what I'm trying to highlight is that there's clearly something broken. We all know that where nothing ever continues past that awareness, maybe to the degree where it looks like it's going to go this direction. Hopefully someone like Netanyahu ends up in jail, but that's not the whole story. Is it the rest of the government is clearly complicit. Our government is clearly complicit. So what is stopping it from being something more than that? I don't know the answer. I mean, clearly it does highlight a very corrupt, like like diseased, decrepit, completely falling apart at the seams system that is unsalvageable if what we're pointing at is true. And I think that it is. That's not to say that I have all the answers either. But anyway, just very alarming. And so what we're going to go through today again are things that, in my opinion, in an honest situation, would be enough for anybody to argue, first of all, that what they're doing is clearly a crime or what they've been doing or ultimately what they're hiding from you are crimes, but that we should immediately seek restitution, justice, something. And But that doesn't seem to ever happen anymore. Very interesting. Now, we're going to go through, again, as I said, the allegations around that, which I think are very important. And as I said, the reason I first talked about it, then followed up on it, and then two days ago, came back out with the other with a deeper discussion about it because I said I sense there was another kind of push and motive you know and and exactly like we discussed there's now article after article and everyone's starting to see it there's no there's a huge campaign as that's the word they used to push the to repeat and recycle the same discussions that's never been to say that they did not commit rape it's certainly possible. It is only to say that there is no provable evidence that it did happen. There's plenty of evidence, points and data and information and testimony and, you know, we're the repetition of the different information, but there is no 
provable evidence. That's not my what I want it to be. That's not wishful. That is simply the static reality of what would be needed to prove something like this from an investigatory standpoint, from a judicial standpoint, not in regard to just simply being able to discuss these things or having somebody share their story. But if you're talking about accountability, which is what we're getting to, which is what they're asking for, UNs, do something, stand up and make your claims and hold them accountable. But then at the same time, acting like you're insulted that they ask for evidence. It's a really interesting thing, which again is really jarring for most people. But what we're going to talk about before that is another important article that came out coming from the released prisoners that are admitting everything else we've already been talking about. Not only that they are were treated well for the most part, which is well within a kidnapping situation, which is the reality. And that's not to say that others who are still there might not be treated worse, but they have pretty much consistently said as much. And we're getting these weird filtered stories through other people saying what they told me, even though what they said today and yesterday and a week later of their own accord is very different. But the mother or the daughter, someone else comes out and says, I heard a story about X, Y, and Z. Very different than what we're being told and what they're saying. We also now have prisoners coming out and saying that they were far more afraid of being killed by the bombs than they were of Hamas. Again, I think this is largely why Hannibal directive discussions were originally had and why now they are aware of what these people are going to say. Already people that were very unhappy with Netanyahu and most of their current cabinet before this all started. That's a reality. So they, they're very aware. They've got a lot of critics over there who now are very aware that you've been bombing over their heads and killed some of them. On this report, three of them, they admit seeing get killed because of Israeli bombings. Of course, it's all fake news and anti-Semitism to the, cur- the certain people we choose to highlight in the show. But we're also going to go through a lot more information. In the interest of time, I'm just going to jump right into it today. But I want to make sure that we're just being very skeptical about this topic from all angles. But also just realize, and I'll make this point as we get into to start, that there's a reason that this is so important right now. As I've made clear many times throughout this since October 7th and well before that. And it's not just about Israel, and it's not even just about Zionism. It is really about the bigger, it's it's about obviously the government and what they're doing, and yes, the Zionist aspect, and yes, the Israeli government and the, the state itself, but about how this intertwines and influences so many other things. And that's not even just about Zionism. It's about this, like I was saying at the start, the current broken reality of the the different authoritarian governments framing themselves as representative governments all around the world. And it really is breaking down in front of us, which is going to get probably worse before it gets better because these people don't want to give up that power. But it's a really important conversation. So too, like COVID-19 became a hell of a lot more than a possible pathogen and an injection. We all see that now. A lot of people didn't and still refuse to see it. And we're trying to get us to stop talking about it with good intentions, even going, Ryan, you're missing the plot here. You're only talking about one. And I wasn't only talking about one thing. It's the same thing today. We always have a focus. And I think, yes, this has consumed a lot of talking points, but ultimately I think there's a very obvious reason. But if you think I'm wrong, don't shy away from telling me that. Tell me you're you're talking about this too much or blah, blah, blah. I will always make my own decision about what I think is best, whether or not you guys agree with it, even entirely. But that's why you come here, because I'm not just cowing to the audience and doing what people tell me they think I should be doing. I trust my gut. That's always how it's been. Now, before we get into that point to start, I wanted to shout out a a um, Give, Send, Go campaign we just launched. Uh, and this this was specifically for an upcoming event that Derek is going to go to. He's going to go either way. We're going to foot the bill either way. Last American Vagabond, because it's important that we get this done. 
But the point is, this is something that is, especially with just what's going on and hiring people and stuff, it's going to be an expense that we probably shouldn't have. <laughs> so the point is, we discussed this and we want to do this either way, but it's going to be a about a week to two week process where Derek is going to go to San Francisco and what's entitled covering the culmination of the fluoride trial. Now, very quickly, by the way, the reason this says video not found, I there, there was... A lot of weird glitches, which could just be glitches before we got started. It wouldn't publish. It kept saying 404, the error wouldn't happen. It took me about an hour of trying this about 15 times for it to actually happen. Then all of a sudden the video wouldn't take, even though the video is there and it's live and you could watch it. Here's the link for you guys to check it yourself. It's Derek just basically giving the details that list that are basically listed right here for you to read about what we're doing. And I reached out to them. They responded. They don't know why it's not working. Of course, that's how my life works today. And uh, the video just seems to not be functioning properly from their end. They're going to get back to me. We're going to fix it. If not by tomorrow, I'm just going to put an image there instead. But I just want to leave it so they can try to tinker with it from their side. Now, the reason this is happening, for those who don't know. Oh, you know, I, and I thought I had this up. Let me grab this real quick, too. The actual fluoride trial work. Now, Derek's been covering this since 2020. Fluoride trial, fluoride in general, but the, the trial that's been ongoing. I'm not going to go into it in depth because even just giving you like a synopsis is going to give me take me too long. But this is an important breakdown because or a story because what it really amounts to is the evidence has already been revealed that they know and that the evidence proves they have always known that fluoride is well, that's a bit of an overstatement, but at least during the process of this trial, I do believe they've always known that fluoride is dangerous, that it lowers the IQs of children, but it, that it's neurotoxic not beneficial for you. And they know this now for sure. And that the evidence proves this Rachel Levine of all people personally stepped in and put her finger on this and made this pause. And this has been years in the making four or five different reports that have come through and they've asked for a reevaluation. It's just a game of cycling the information. So you don't see that they know that the EPA knows that the government knows that the fluoride is not in your interest. It's dangerous to you. And yet they dig their heels in. They've dragged this on for years in order to keep that still in your water to hurt you or however they see it. Now, Derek, the, or the point was that this was supposed to culminate the trial. The evidence is there. It's been ready. The Fluoride Action Network, who is the group working to get this to you and the NPT, I think. I'm, again, I'm not going to dive into too deep. They have been pushing to get this released. They put the pause on it kind of indefinitely. Now, the judge came back around and said, Okay, the trial is back on in person now because it was all Zoom before. And Derek is going to go out there and, and be there for the culmination of this, which I believe is going to be very important. Not We already know the information. That's the crazy part. And the corporate media out there, even though it has been leaked, and it's even been touched on by local corporate outlets. So they know about this. They just are told not to cover it. We have to be honest about that. But when this comes out as a hopefully culminates with, yes, we can confirm this. And this is the report that should be national news because this has been going on for a really long time. And guess what? Fluoride also is in, in every way neurotoxic. It has all it has a, in regard to your IQ has effects on your hormones. It affects on all sorts of things we've talked about. And this is in everybody's drinking water, unless you're using a filter specifically reverse osmosis, which you should have. So to the point, Help us send Derek there so we can cover this, so we can make sure that this gets wide coverage and we understand what's happening. So this will be included. Please help. And we're going to, and my point is we're going to have a lot more of this kind of stuff coming your way. Also, Matt Aaron had a great article today, bringing this into the main topic of today called the greater Israel scheme and it's global power play, a delusional recipe for Armageddon. 
Now, we've talked about Greater Israel, but this is a really well-done, well-sourced, specific breakdown. And it gets into not just the discussion of Greater Israel, but the prophecy side of this, the, the, the concerns about, you know, I mean, things like the Samson option and where this goes and the idea, the ideology behind this delusional recipe for Armageddon. It's important to understand that the, the, is, the Greater Israel Project is a large motivational factor for specifically groups like the Religious Zionism Party, who believe this is their rightful territory, or at least that's what they say to manipulate Jews into thinking that's what the reality is. Good article. Make sure you understand it now or check it out and then understand it. Brock put out a great clip from one of our previous shows. Israel organ harvesting from dead Palestinians, a history. And this is breaking down the past and the open secret, as I framed it, of the Palestinian organ harvesting from Israel. Like there's been multiple examples of even Haaretz, corporate media, catching them, catching people involved in the process of harvesting organs from Palestinian bodies for medical schools, for their own black illicit markets, or for non-black markets, mind you, despite the fact that they're taking it illegally. And also now we have evidence that during this time frame, they've already done the same thing. The bodies that were taken from Al-Shifa were missing organs per the Euromed Human Rights Organization, and it's not something we should balk at. It's already happened. So the reason I wanted to start with this is because this person said something that I wanted to make a point about. He says, Stopped watching you when you went to Holy War Only News, <laughs> which is that's, of course, that's how we're, it's all about the Holy War, right? Or is it about governments committing crimes and murdering children, right? Because, you know, it's all about the framing. But he says they seem to have distracted you effectively from covering actual news. Now, quite frankly, even if he was real honest and meant that, I, I think that's kind of hilarious that anybody in this would think, first of all, that this is not real news. Now, plenty of you probably may think that COVID's more important. Or maybe you think that, you know, medical freedom rather, or any other number of things, WHO is more important. And maybe you're right. But to say that's not real news kind of gave the, gave it away, didn't it? Now, here's my point. I have been covering the Zionist regime the same objective way since the starting of this platform over a decade ago. Now, yes, my understanding of things have evolved, but I've always had, and go back to the beginning, the same general concept, the same general mindset. So consistently being intellectually uh, consistent. And so I said, so I said, I don't believe you, first of all, but if you do think that you're that, that you complaining about how you're not getting the news served up just the way you like, and that's going to stop me from objectively covering what I think is most important, the only thing I've ever done, you are mistaken and clearly do not know me or the last American vagabond. And I said, do you know how many times people tried to get me to stop covering COVID? Too many. And clearly, I was right not to listen. At least I believe that. I think that's pretty roundly accepted at this point. I trust my gut and my heart. Always have, always will. Also, I have, in fact, covered numerous topics not related to Gaza since the 7th. On my show, but more specifically, multiple interviews about Lahaina, about, I mean, all sorts of stuff, med medical freedom. So again, I don't believe that he even really means that. I think this is actually a real tactic. By the way, this person got a new account from like uh, early 20 or mid 2023. My point is that whether real or not, obviously, I think that's an important sentiment. But I think there's a game here where they get people. This has been going on long before this, where they step in and they go, I used to follow you and now I'm never watching again because of this. And you look and, and, no, and no one's ever seen them before. All the people that have been there for 10 years, like that guy's never been in the chat. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's a way to try to scare people away. Like if it's like a rat's fleeing a ship. If people think that it's not, oh, maybe he's just, maybe I should look the other way. He's maybe he's lying. Any case, I will do what I think is right. 
And there's been plenty of times where that doesn't even align with the majority of you guys in the chat or the community. But I think that's what you respect about this in part, that I will do what I think is right, what I think is most important. And I will never shy away from that. But I will always listen to you and what you think and what you think we should be covering. But ultimately, it'll end up being my gut and what I think is most important that will guide me with the influence from your thoughts. So starting on the point of what is continuing to happen, Sarah Abdallah points out, Israel is carpet last night in a total blackout as all telecommunications have been cut off again. You're seeing, you're seeing a tactic here, right? Because what they try to pretend is, oh, well, it's just, or either their fault without really saying it. They let, they let the social media fervor just take over and they go, hey, probably did it themselves. It's probably Hamas and just whatever, right? The point is they do this in order to make sure there is as minimal coverage as possible. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to see a total blackout in general. People still have some way of it's more less and less likely to charge their phones in different ways. You all know how this. there's all sorts of different ways you can make this work. Just because these people are, are forced to live in a, in, a, in a society that is trapped in a different century does not mean they're not people that are aware of the world the way it is. That's the absurd part about this is they pretend like everything happening in this area is because that's the way people in Gaza want to live. It's just such stark, blatant ignorance. But Israel warplanes are heavily bombing a defenseless population of mostly children and Western leaders are cheering it on in many cases. Motaz, who is one of the journalists who has maintained that he's sticking to his guns and he is poor choice of analogy, but literally there no matter what. I believe he's made a statement more than once that he's there. Like he, these, a lot of these journalists are there knowing they're probably going to die. Think about that. And he said, imagine if this happened in your neighborhood, your neighbors. We are being wiped out one family at a time. Stop the genocide. So we to believe this is all Hamas, pinpoint targeting of Hamas that we obviously all know, even they know is not true. I mean, imagine this was your street, guys. This is a residential area. Imagine this is your street. Your families, your neighbors. Yeah, and it gets graphic. That's the reality of what's happening. Israel blows up Gaza's Palace of Justice, a compound which housed the Palestinian Supreme Court, the Court of Appeals, the Court of First Instance, and the Magistrate. You know, because Hamas was there, apparently. I guess that's what we're supposed to tell each other if we just don't talk about it. But the reality is, the, the truth that you can easily prove, is that they're systematically taking out all the infrastructure, all the things that are important, all of the artists, all of the doctors, all of the locations that matter, so they can remove them, so then they can point back later and go, look at them living in the dirt. A bunch of monsters that don't have anything they need. That's their fault. That's, that's what that, and that's what all the ignorant people will happily say, usually when they know that's not true. Now, Ar Arnaud Batran points out, anyone who knows the Inter International Committee of the Red Cross, a group that we've called out incessantly since the COVID-19 discussion, but long before that, because they're not an honest institution like a lot of these corporate and overtaken institutions are. But that does not mean that every single person within that is always all in lockstep on lying about everything, or that every aspect of it is exactly the same thing. That goes for anything we talk about, the United Nations, the Red Cross, anything, even corporate media. I mean, no, nobody honest will ever say nothing ever, like everything they ever say you should ignore no matter what. I mean, nobody, anybody honest would ever say that. In fact, even groups like the corporate media, what have we always said? Listen to them. 
here and, and consider alongside all of the evidence and come to your own conclusion. To black out any source of information is just willful ignorance, isn't it? My point in saying that is that the first response from a lot of people on this is the Red Cross is a dishonest group and you shouldn't be listening to it. It's like, well, hold on. Nobody's saying blindly trust. We have this weird sense in, in, I think in the West more than anything, that if you somehow, like it's all binary, right? Either you blindly trust this president or you blindly trust that president or you blindly trust this party or you blind, well, no. Wait, question all of them and then come to your own conclusions about it. In this sense, my point is that Red Cross even though we know as an institution has been wildly dishonest around specifically in this case, the blood transfer, the blood uh, storage and use around COVID-19. This is a person who went there and just sp spoke up about what she saw. Now, yes. Could she be lying? Of course she could. Could she be, have some ulterior motive? Yes. Could this all be designed to get us to start feeling like they're all suddenly on our side and everything? Sh well, of course, but that doesn't stop the fact that what she's pointing out is true in my opinion. So I hope that's clear. It's really hard to break through. Right now, there's a, like a counter movement, which I think is very dishonest, to make you think that any of the revelations coming from corporate media or anything, which I agree are pretty shocking and out of the usual, are all to be ignored because we're falling for some trap. And yeah, you may be right. But in the meantime, what they're telling you to trick you into that trap is true. That's the same thing we talked about in many other cases. There's always a time when that their narratives align with the truth. They're not always, but it happens. It's rarely because they care about the truth. It happened during COVID-19, remember? There's plenty of different ways where there's lines like that. So let's not dismiss information. Whether or not you think it's a trap, consider it all, but be discerning and question it all. So he says, anyone who knows the International Committee of the Red Cross knows that their official policy is never to speak out, which is why such a statement by the Red Cross president is so exceptional. Here is what she says. I've just visited the European Gaza hospital and the things I saw there is, is beyond anything that anyone should be in a position to describe. What shocked me the most were the children with atrocious injuries and at the same time having lost their parents with no one looking after them. We are facing a situation here that will not be healed by sending in more trucks. We need to provide protection to the civilians in Gaza. Even though the trucks aren't coming in because Israel has stopped them, as was easily proven the moment the firing started again, now they think after a couple of days later, we're all going to forget that they made that happen. Now they're pretending that the UN is the reason that there's no more trucks coming through. It's like they think we're just that stupid. Like everyone keeps pointing that out. It's the wet. They're aiming this at Western audiences. They really just don't have a high opinion of your intelligence. They're wrong. To the women and children, to the elderly people that I saw today that have nowhere to go. The majority of people I met today have been displaced several times. I met people who have lost limbs because they needed to evacuate between treatments and they lost a hand or a foot because they couldn't be treated in the hospital where they arrived first. I was told today that the North has lost its entire surgical capacity. We have to find solutions to this. We can turn away from what is evidently a moral failure in the face of the international community. Very much so. And let's not forget the North is not evacuated like Israel pretends. There's thousands, tens of thousands of people, if not more. I think it's more than that. Because what we're, what we have journalists, first of all, 
but we are, there are the people that are stuck and that are left in the hospitals. We have the different doctors that have de- de- claimed that are determined to remain and said that said as much. We have the displaced people that are literally unable to move. And this whole time they've been bombing them, the hospitals, the areas, and it just gets worse and worse. And we all just pretend like that's okay. Cause I guess they dropped a leaflet somewhere. I'm calling on all parties on everyone who has an influence to de-escalate and to find other the military solutions to what is an immense suffering of the people on both sides. We have to protect the rights of the people. We have to protect the rights of the civilians. We have to protect the rights of the detainees. We have to protect the rights of the hostages. The ICSC will do its utmost to help alleviate and reduce the suffering, but we can't do this alone. And there's not only a humanitarian solution to this. There must be a political one. So here, somebody says, same Red Cross that was involved with Clinton's Haiti stealing children, which is true. Or I mean, you know, you could dis- dispute the children aspect, but I, I, there's definitely a lot going on there, in, even the money aspect. But I'm not going to get pulled into that because there's a lot to talk about. Remember that we found there was those red cr- crates left, and we found, you know, the Red Cross didn't prove the Red Cross knew about it, but I, I argue that there is overlap. But it's just hard to buy anything they or any affiliates say. That's just me. Lie to me once. Right, but here's my point. And he's, Matthew makes an excellent point. But all he's saying is, don't trust them. Right? They don't, it, you know, it, it, what does he say? Hard to buy anything that they're telling you, right? And so this is how I responded. And it wasn't meant to be contentious or, or disp- I think he made a good point. I said, confused by this though. Are you suggesting that we must blindly trust, follow a group to consider their current statements? As I hope you agree, we should not be buying anything any of them are saying, but instead considering each point while questioning all of it, always. Like that statement, and that may seem the same thing, but it's not. The point is to act like to, you have to listen to what they're saying and then consider that it very well could be true. Even if you know it's from a group that you shouldn't be trusting, because that's the only way to be objective about this. But it's a, it's always a 50-50. You always question it. You show discernment, and then you break it down afterward. Because it's just this game we play where suddenly they're, everything coming out of the UN is ignored. That's never the right thing to do. That's the two-party paradigm working its way back in. Now, here is a reporter saying the same thing. An Austrian reporter. I've covered wars for eight years, but I've never seen... And by the way, I don't need to convince you guys of this. I think a, a, anybody with two brain cells rubbed together can clearly see that this is not just about Hamas. But nonetheless, for the one person it may reach, covered eight wars, never seen a destruction of civil areas like this. Which is exactly because it's never been done like this before. Using some AI system, which is basically allowing you to pretend you're not bombing civilians. That's, that's what I think will come out of that. I was in eight wars, but I never have seen the destroyment of civil areas like it happened here. As a journalist, we should not go and judge either side, who is wrong and who is right. But this, what you can see here, this is a war crime. I can say that as a journalist, this is a war crime. There are civilian people living here. Now, the important part is that's for 2006. And I believe it's not even from Gaza. The point is that it's such a ridiculous reality to see that we're talking about something that is so disregarded, but is so exponentially more than any other thing we've ever seen. That's the point. Unprecedented. 
by every single, by the international entities, by the human rights NGOs, by anybody honest watching the situation. But we have examples of them already doing this in the past. And yet we're balking at this today because we're talking about Israel here is the point. So think about how crazy that is. Not, this is my point from earlier, that we can even have the precedent, the information, and yet we act like then we, it starts anew and we debate it. What do you mean? Why would, we, why would somebody push back on the possibility of them doing something that they have a policy for, like the neighbor procedure? You see what I'm saying? And we, they don't use human shields. Guys, they literally have a human shield policy. But we just debate it because the Zionist shields online will tell you one thing or another, or any topic for that matter. People that were shilling for the COVID narrative. It's always the same way. But that you allow people to share, screen you away from things that you should know are proven, or at the very least are solid enough to engage with. Now, here is the continuation of the Habsora, rather known as the Gospel platform. Moments ago, Israel bombed Abu Musbah's family house in Dair al-Bala, which was marked as safe by the Israeli occupation forces. Over 50 innocent civilians were killed and wounded, mostly women and children. So this is the reality. Not just of the, like, there's multiple areas that are spoken, and when, what they mean by safe is the map, like the gridded map. There are areas, and this is going to be an important point here to start, where they're being told this is an area that's okay. And, you know, some are marked orange for bombing, some aren't. And the point is they're trying to act, make it look like not only is strategic and precision, but that they're, you have safe and not, and anybody killed, they should know better. Well, guess what? It's now being revealed that not only are they bombing the places they say are safe, they are not bombing in a lot of the places they're claiming are bombing, and, like, and the maps they're putting out are inconsistent and different from person to person. You know what this sounds like to me? It sounds like they're playing games with these people's lives. Because the reality is they're going to displace or kill all of them, and I think that's a stated plan right now. I think that's stupidly obvious that we should even walk a walk at that statement when they have leaked plans discussing it, when they're all saying they're going to do that and then we dispute it. But the point is that they are giving these people on the ground who already know this government wants to kill them some kind of guidance to displace them into a place they don't want to go in the first place and then bombing that place, bombing them on the way back to the other place. So they're, it's, it's, it's like a game. They're literally playing some kind of pinball machine game with these people's lives on the ground. Let me let me, let me show you. Now, first of all, just so you can see this, because it's just horrific. Oh, actually, I, I think it's just right here. Just People up here. This is where their homes were. All right. It gets wildly graphic. Now, don't forget, as we talked about on the 30th, IDF insiders, I think it was seven, both former and current, both IDF and intelligence members, admitted on the record, I think it was 972 Magazine, that they targeted civilian buildings called power targets. Said, quote, Sometimes we take down buildings just to take down buildings with the intention of having some kind of a psychological effect on the population or Hamas, knowing that that would kill civilians in the process. That was a stated reality. And even saying that half the time saying a Hamas member might be on one of these floors, which is allowed, they claim in this policy to bring down the whole building. They said sometimes we know it to be just an excuse. These were all on the record. If you haven't read that article, you should. And the main part of it was that they, this is the statement they said in that article. He called it a mass 
an, a, a mass assassination factory using artificial intelligence. That's what this is. And that's what, we, if you want this article or this show, we go over that in depth. Al Jazeera just wrote an article yesterday breaking a little bit more down about this. And I wanted to add to it. They wrote the article, Fact or Fiction, Israeli maps and AI do not save Palestinian lives. So it's a combination of the whole map game they're playing, but with the overlap of the artificial intelligence system. So it says on, on December 2nd, the Israeli army's Arabic language spokesperson posted a map of Gaza broken up into a grid of numbered blocks with instructions that Palestinians living in certain areas evacuate to Rafah, which by the way, they're already bombing, which I'll prove to you in a second. Bombing where they were, bombing where they're going, bombing on the way, but we're trying to avoid civilian casualties, guys. How do you possibly explain that? But the maps themselves are mass displacement. It's like we're just pretending that that doesn't matter because, well, Hamas. That's that. If you want to, the game of playing human shield and saying that then allows you to shoot and kill 400 people because you think one Hamas member might be there, that's never been valid. That is not correct. They're just trying to lie people into accepting genocide. But the other part of it is that aside from even that, like you can't then pretend, well, Hamas was present or we think they might be somewhere. So we have to mass displace all these people. That doesn't even line up. There's not even like a logical connection there. So there's, they're just hoping we don't acknowledge that mass displacement is and always has been a war crime. But I guess nobody wants to talk, not even most activists talk about that. The, the very act of claiming you can just push all these people into the North, millions of people, and then, or excuse me, the South, and then from there continue to push them anywhere else, I guess, and watch them get killed like fish in a barrel. Well, first of all, that's, you know, that's obviously killing them, but just the mass displacement was already a war crime. That's undeniable. Whether or not you think Hamas was all over the civilian area, it still is a crime. Now, it says this move came as Israeli fighter jets bombarded the south of the Strip, previously designated a safe zone, killing hundreds of Palestinians in 24 hours. Over 700, I understand. The Israeli army proudly announced that it had hit 400 targets. Realize that. They're not claiming that these are Hamas locations, and the numbers of people that they were killed are largely, provably, civilians. And yet, just like we said in the beginning, you're not going to hear this on Fox or CNN or from Biden or anybody else or any of the people out there shilling for Israel. But they already told you in the beginning, we already, with the numbers we were aligning with the people killed were showing up on Israeli websites for the IDF as so many terrorists killed. Which, by the way, at the very least, you could prove that not all of them were even Hamas, but they didn't care. Which, by the way, another example proving to you that they see all of them as terrorists or all of them as valid targets, however you want to look at it. That's been the reality that you could prove from the very first day. And they've had 500 more examples, you know, being facetious, maybe 10 more examples come out that proved that was the case. And yet we still act like, or, you know, things like as stupid as this. The emphasis is on, is on, we focused on maximum damage. Oh my God, they changed the article. How do you change an old article? Look at this. God, see, this is my point. This is so surreptitious. I check this out. We'll do it in real time. What? That, look, now it's telling me that it's... Jesus, who knows what's going on. Let's try this one. Pretty sure it's going to be there. It 
to the point, <clears throat> now it says we're focused on maximum damage and removed the actual statement, which was, as you remember, we are focused on damage, not accuracy. Now, as much as that pretty much says the same thing, it's very telling that they remove the not accuracy part because it reveals their lie. And that means the Guardian or somebody in the administration or, or organization made the choice to go back, but pressured by somebody, and quietly take that out. Somebody put that out in a tweet, side by side, put it out there, I'll retweet it. I'd do it right now if we weren't live, but this takes forever to load. But we'll come back to it. God, it's crazy. Let me just open another one just in case. Man. It's like everything's taking forever. There we go. Meanwhile, media reports revealed that the Israeli army's ability to intensify what it calls precision airstrikes has been boosted by an artificial intelligence tool that generates targets. You know what that is. The map. There it is. God, that's so disgustingly creepy. Look, guys, it's a month old. Emphasis is on damage, not accuracy. Now, I don't know when they changed this. I'll, I'll go find out after the show. But look, that's what it says now. They changed this within the last week. That is so, dis it's just creepy. It's so obvious to everybody that they're rapidly trying to damage control and cover all this up. Even that, though, even damage, maximum damage? How in the world do you think that's even better? God, that's so, I just, it's crazy to me that, that, that there's anybody that can't see that. But it says the map, leaflets, and tweets, the claims of precision military targets all feed into Israel's, the narrative that mo the most moral army is taking care to protect civilians in Gaza. But all, but all these are no more than a propaganda ploy to cover up what really is happening on the ground. AI-assisted genocide, which, by the way, they admitted. They're all the people that spoke off the record. You know, the, the IDF members speaking with 972. Over the past two months of brutal war, Israel has consistently resorted to the use of evacuation maps and warnings issued on social media, calling on Palestinians to flee certain areas of Gaza. Make sure I keep this in the show notes for you guys. By the way, the ones I always add during the show end up at the bottom under late editions, so you guys know. This <sighs> is so crazy. So basically... They, they use social media, which is, there's an obvious issue there. It says, yet the mounting death toll, some, some accounts over 20,000, offers no evidence that Israel is in fact concerned about civilians. What, is, what it is concerned about is growing condemnations abroad and what legal experts are calling genocide and increasing pressure from the United States. This is an important statement right here. It says, just a few days ago, Blinken, U.S. Secretary of State, warned Israel it has weeks and not months, to finish its campaign in Gaza. Well, look at that. So apparently, you know, well, assuming they listen, but let's just say they do, because as I, as I understand it, apparently, the argument goes that there's there's been statements from the Israeli inter, inter, insiders saying that should the United States turn off the spigot, which I think is accurate, funding and war and, and, and you know arms, that they wouldn't be able to continue. 
which means that the U.S. is knowingly not only complicit, but literally responsible if they know they're able to just stop it when they want to, if that's the reality. But when he sets the time frame, that means you only have two more weeks for your genocide. You better pick it up quick. Like at this point, Blinken specifically and Biden, I mean, these they might as well be just as complicit and culpable for the whole genocide as Netanyahu. But then it says his boss, Joe Biden of Blinken, is acutely aware of the growing domestic discontent and how he is handling the war, which could cost him votes in the next election. Now, the point, what's interesting, though, is that they are very aware that this is continuing, that they are very much so killing civilians. And if the whole narrative was in the beginning from the day one statement, they were doing everything they could to, to, to stop. Well, how can you then tell them now to kill less civilians this time? How does that make sense? But we all know, because we're not stupid, it's that they weren't doing everything they could. And it, the U.S. government's going, do better. So they were lying to you that they were doing everything they could. Well, anybody with... It's just like, I think we all collectively know we're lied to all the time about everything. And yet people with investments in the two-party paradigm and different things just act like it sometimes isn't the case. That's called a system beyond repair. But it says this evacuating messaging the Israeli army has been undertaking is more directed at Western audiences. Of course it is. Sort of like the white helmets being written in English or their chemical weapons instructions from the Al-Qaeda issue was written in English because they think you're that stupid. Seeking to assuage the fears about the civilian death toll, which means they're worried that you care about civilians being killed. That is being more cared about. Uh, basically, stop hoping you don't care as much if they make you think they're trying not to, which is basically what happened during U.S. government's war on terror, same game. It says the fact that it is delivering mostly on social media platforms indicates its intent is not to get to the people in the Gaza Strip, which is obvious. As much as there is obviously some ways, I said earlier, for phones to be working or different things, plenty. At the, at the, the obvious reality is that some of them will not see it. And most of them aren't. And many of them aren't going to flee anyway because they don't want to be displaced. And that's their right. And you're just killing them anyway. The leaflets that were dropped over this weekend were, are, are, not, uh, are also not worth the paper they're printed on. The QR code on them is only of use if there's a working phone with a charge battery and internet access. Any one of those things might not be working. Discrepancies of different maps being shared by Israeli officials have also resulted in additional confusion. Areas marked for targeting in orange did not even correspond with the numbers of blocks officials were telling people to evacuate from. So they're going, here's the orange places we're bombing. And then you got people, the other ministers going, you have to get out of these areas. And they're not connected. Or another map over here that shows something entirely different. I think that's deliberate. I think they are trying to make this chaos for these people. It's, it's maximizing suffering. Consequently, the overall impact of the maps has been to create fear, panic, and confusion as Melody Ward, CEO of the Medical Aid for Palestinians, explained in a tweet. Furthermore, the detailed mapping and dis dissection of Gaza are designed to create the illusion of precision and precaution, but the evacuation orders behind them demonstrate the exact opposite. Has Habsora. Did I say it wrong again? I don't think so. <laughs> Habsora, or the gospel. I'm going to grab those images, actually. I'll do it later. Don't forget. Now, even, and this is going back to the same point as the Red Cross. Here's Jake Tapper. People on the corporate media that <laughs> I think we all know at plenty different levels, they're either not smart enough to see that they're being manipulated or they're lying to you more often than not, if not all the time. That's, that would obviously be my opinion. Now, whether this is him 
doing this because he's been put to it, which is certainly possible, or just being a human being. He's he's at a point now where he just can't see beyond. Like this is the same thing like with with Wolf Blitzer, where you can just see it on his face. Like you know, my point is there's a le- there's some people that I think are just you know like may work for the CIA and me in the media. Well, Operation Mockingbird. There's some of them that are just dishonest and don't care. Or some of them are in this completely for their own position and their own clout and betterment. And some of them that are willfully ignorant. Now, I'm not, I don't know what degree that is, where the percentage breakdown is. But I think there's a lot of people in higher positions that are that choose to go along to get along and just don't want to admit to themselves that they do it. And maybe it didn't start that way. Maybe they end up in the field and they at first thought they were going to, you know, give one to them and one for me kind of a game, you know, like politicians do. And then have found themselves in a, in a compromised position. They don't want to admit it to themselves. I don't know who, whether, what part of that Jake Tapper is, but I'm only saying that because we have people in the media now who are saying things that at a point when it's, you know, it's, it's like I said at the beginning, it's so obvious at this point that everyone around the world is laughing at that the media has taken this long to even acknowledge it. And in, in the past, even on things that don't line up with their agenda, they still grudgingly admit things later, half the story and so on, like they're doing now, but never this quickly. So my point is, Jake Tapper says that, I'll, I'll let it speak for itself, and we'll talk about it afterward. IDF really has done everything that is humanly possible to try to safeguard innocent civilians. It's very hard to believe that, especially on a day when one of our producers lost nine members of his family, nine members of his family who are not members of Hamas, not members of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, not members of any group, just nine people just trying to live their lives. You know, so to be objective, right? How does he know that? So he probably took the word of the person that works with them. But maybe he doesn't know. Maybe they're lying. Maybe they're all Hamas. I don't think that. My point is that it's just interesting that some personal side note for him, if that's the the way this worked, drove him to feel that that's so suddenly he's got a personal note and he goes, okay, you know, if, if that's the reality, it could just all be a lie. That seems to have made him go, well, come on, that, that can't be true because I know people that were like, so that's what this feels like. Right. And what's interesting about that is where was that humanity before? You know what I mean? Like where, and it could just be that it's become so blatant that you can't just say you're doing everything you can when you have more civilians killed than pretty much any warfare in this time frame in that area in history. You just can't say that, but they've been allowing it for 55 days. So why this happening? I don't know, but that's interesting, right? Now look at the way he responds. First of all, I, I extend my sorrow to him and my sympathies, but if I saw your report correctly, and, and please correct me if I say something wrong, that happened in northern Gaza, uh, in Gaza City, where a month ago we already asked all the civilians to leave. And most of them did. If there was like 1,200,000 people there, there was only a, a couple of tens of thousands left. Which was a war crime. No matter what, no matter how you look at it, they mass displaced an entire society. Doesn't matter what the reason is, guys. That's a crime. That was stated by plenty of international rights lawyers. I mean, it's, it's obvious. That's, that's why they called it Nakba 2.0. The first Nakba was also a war crime. Ethnic cleansing, mass displacement, collective punishment, all of those are crimes individually. They committed all of them. And one has to ask, yes, they had an ample opportunity to leave. I'm, I'm, I don't know what happened. I don't have the specific circumstances. I know there's deadly combat going on now in the north, still between these IDF and and and. and Hamas terrorists, yes? With zero evidence. 
I have yet to see. I mean, I'm, I'm not disputing it, really. I don't, he wouldn't be surprised. It would make sense that there was. My point is, it's very, very odd with the most surveilled area on the planet that we don't have a single example of them even shooting a Hamas member. We've got Hamas putting out highly, highly produced videos of them taking down tanks and hitting IDF. We haven't, I haven't seen a single example of a Hamas member being killed. I quite frankly find that almost impossible. You tell me why that makes sense. And we don't want to see anyone caught up in the crossfire, but why didn't they heed the advice oh, and you leave can't the blame, area? You, you had, can't blame them. There's now I fighting, don't blame them. But you can't. There's fighting in the South now. Where, where are, I mean, yes, I've been asking is. this since October 7th. Where are these people supposed to go? Oh, Jake, you're such a humanitarian. Oh, you've been asking. What a damn lie that is. Maybe he made that statement, but you didn't care about people when you were claiming that this was justified from the beginning, which you were. And everybody else in this field has been actively gaslighting, hiding the reality, and are still towing the line with 90 other things we're going to talk about today. So I don't I, my point there, again, you could pretend that means that he, or you could feel that means that he's lying for some reason about this. But I, I, I tend to just think these are people that are compromised in plenty of ways that don't like to admit it to themselves and just have that moment. Right. That's and he'll probably be chastised for it, which will then play on his mind the next time he feels like he wants to be honest. That's how this works. It's manufacturing consent with most of these people. That's I think we need to understand that. But so the only thing we need to take from that is here's the he's the representative for Israel being pushed back on by CNN about the fact that they're not doing everything they can. And then this guy literally victim blames. Well, they should have gotten out of the what is this? Happy Gilmore. They really shouldn't have been standing there. Are you effing kidding me? These are people that are hurt, people that are in hospitals. And you're talking about a family member with their other, their extended family members, and all of them were killed in the North. I mean, this is, it's just so beyond the pale, guys. Everybody sees it. And they're lying about it. So let's get into the crossing discussion in general, because that's what this is really about. So right now, here's Corey Robin showing you a really depressing video. What this is really is families upon families walking down the road, most of them crying. They're all because they're just it, they're they're desperate, guys. You this, you don't realize that this has been over a month, going on a month and a half, right? Where you've got people that are continually being, or actually more than that, actually, but being displaced time and again. Like, we just don't see it. We act like oh, they just moved from the south. No. Or the North. No, they have they moved. They got bombed. They've got their family killed in front of them. They move again over to this hospital because nowhere else they can stay. They can't find any water. The hospital gets bombed and the electricity goes out. There's another family member. So they move down the street further. They try to find somewhere where they can actually find shelter because it started raining. And then they get bombed there again. And they're told, oh, now you're in the wrong spot. Go back to this area. And they get bombed on the way. That's what they're dealing with. Every single day for a month and a half. And we can't rationalize why they're, I mean, it's just so disgusting. And so what Corey is saying is, I don't know how Jews with our history can watch this video of a people forced out of their land with the little that's left of their lives on their backs with anything but horror and revulsion. Not because this is the only side of suffering in the world, he says, but because this is being done in our name. This person says, I don't know how people of Gaza will overcome all this pain. He says, please don't believe the myth. Now, I, I, well, I'll read it first. Please don't believe in the myth of the resilience of the people of Gaza because what they're doing exceeds human capacity for patience. Now, that doesn't mean that there is not some of the most resounding and astounding resilience I've ever seen in a people in Gaza. What he's simply saying is, 
don't let that become the reality. Oh, they're going to be fine. Like there, some of these people have, I mean, think about what it, it exceeds the human capacity for this kind of suffering or for suffering. You know, Freddie Ponton points out right now, the area that they're all being told to go to, that's where they're all going. They're all marching toward this area. And I'll jump ahead just a bit. They're being bombed on the way. They're being bombed where they left and they're being bombed where they're going. That's verifiable. But of course, you know, Matt and Jake and whoever, all the people that are, all the government, U.S. government, don't, they don't care. Any of them. Not blinking, not at the, acting like they're doing everything they can. It's just, it's, in, it's not only just insulting, it's, it's, it's criminal, but it is sinister. Like, you know this is happening. It's called Al-Mawasi, where they're telling you, and this is the place that the other guy said we're going to send tens of thousands of people to, right? That's what he said. Probably because they only wanted that many people to remain. I think that's what he meant by that. But the point is, where 1.8 million people are supposed to relocate, here's what you're looking at. Oh, actually, I think I'll have it down here through the sand dunes heading towards the Mediterranean Sea. They're looking for safety in Gaza. They hope they find it here. This is Al-Mawazi, a Bedouin settlement in the southern corner of the Gaza Strip. In reality, it's a barren wilderness, a kilometre wide and 14 kilometres long. But it's here the Israeli Defence Forces have said up to two million people should move as the restarting of the Gaza war seems inevitable. Some have arrived building makeshift shelters that flap in the winds. Well, the point is that it never stopped, right? They didn't stop bombing. And they violated the ceasefire by bombing people they claim were Hamas in the West Bank. Of course, the international community just didn't care, which is interesting, right? Because that's the same UN that's calling out things happening on the ground. But the, everyone can see that happened. Where were they then? Now, there were some statements, but not pressure, right? This is what Sam keeps talking about. Why nobody's initiating the, the genocide convention? or some kind of mechanism in any other facet. Because that shows you something. They may have the courage to say something, but nobody seems to be willing to take this to action. So maybe it is all scam. Maybe we're all being played. Who knows? I don't think that. I really don't. But I'm just, it's hard not to see that there is some clear block. These homes are built on sand. There are no floors. It already seems overcrowded. Not everyone is here yet, and the situation is already catastrophic, let alone if they bring everybody here. Then there will be a huge catastrophe. I swear to God, already so many old people have died of diseases they just couldn't survive. Which seems to be part of the plan right now. Jam them in a place with minimal water, minimal, I mean, minimal compared to where they were coming from, mind you, but basically non-existent. You're guaranteeing this is going to become a problem. As he says, the conditions there are horrendous and dire and elderly people are already dying from disease. Already, guys. The sanitary crisis on an unprecedented scale could happen if they don't stop this now. Now here, Freddie Pontone continues, Al-Mawasi, which has been designated by the IDF as a place, safe place for the people of Gaza, is a trap. Al-Mawasi represents 4% of the Gaza Strip's Su uh, 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 super, what is that? I thought that's something else. An outward part or appearance, a surface. Huh. Basically, I guess 4% of the Gaza Strip's outer surface. And Israel wants 80% of the Gazans to be relocated into the enclave from hell. 
That's what he, that's what Freddie writes. But this is what the uh, uh, head of, uh, was it, I think this was the leader, the head or the commissioner of UNICEF. If I remember correctly, at the very least, he's from UNICEF. In southern Gaza, I'm seeing immense amounts of sadness and hearing the devastation of, of artillery and bombs that's kicked off. People don't know where to go. There's a great deal of anxiety. As I was coming through here on the street, there was a, a young girl and her mother, and the mother was in tears. Brave-faced people, she was in tears. And I asked the daughter, and she said, we just don't know where to go. People have moved from their homes in the north, being devastated, to a shelter, probably bombed there to the south, and now told to go somewhere else. It's it's a full sense of safety. Nowhere's safe. And, of course, the hospitals, that's another story. They're a war zone. And with some 200 now dead in Gaza since the, the pause ended, what are Palestinians telling you about whether it is safe to move around in the way that the IDF is claiming it is. I haven't met anyone who said it's anything other than illogical and terribly unsafe. They feel even moving on streets is, is unsafe. I think it's a... It is because they're being shot randomly by the IDF. And I'll show you a video, right? It, it's happening constantly. It's being, I think it was uh, uh, Motaz, that one of the, the one kind of the really prominent one that's been filming. They're being shot at, including them, the journalists, as they run. So just don't, don't believe the nonsense. It's not Hamas. Guys, it's been, it, this is, we're at a point now where this is just an, uh, an obvious static reality. They're bombing where they're told to go. They're bombing where they were. They're bombing them on the way. They're bombing the Rafa crossing. They're bombing and shooting them as they go anywhere and acting like it's their fault. That's what's happening. That is malicious and sinister and st- that, that is criminal, but it goes to a special kind of, you know, vindictive nature. They are trying to punish and hurt these people. That doesn't mean every single person in the IDF, but it means the people that are doing this, it's beyond the pale, guys. There's no way around this. Really important, important question you, you ask because it's a narrative that is being built and uh, it's an unsettling one, this false sense of safety that they can, in fact, go somewhere. We have learned time and again here from children being bombed in a hospital to 100 United Nations colleagues being killed no one is safe anywhere. There is a region, Al Mawasi, designated to be to be safe, a big safe zone. Uh, my understanding, it's it's about four percent, fourteen square kilometers, four percent the size of Gaza. They want eighty percent of the people in there. The, 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 it's num- the numbers don't, and they must be aware of that. Yeah, what he was going to say is they don't. That's it's impossible, guys. It's literally impossible. Unless you've got buildings, they don't. It's it's just it, they're forcing people into an area where they're going to be shoulder to shoulder if they can even make it, and people are going to get sick, and they're going to probably bomb that too. That's what we're talking about. Here is another post, post where he's speaking with Sky News. The perfect storm for disease. We've been warning about this, UNICEF, the World Health Organization, for weeks. That perfect storm is, is beginning, uh, and that is because... This massive influx of people with no, absolutely nowhere to go. So the real risk now, the horrendous numbers of thousands and thousands of children killed, continually being killed as you and I speak, risks being matched by. Let's not forget, they just told us they gave, what was it, 12,000 injections? Which made really no sense to me in the midst of what's happening. You can't get them water, but you gave them injections. That seemed very strange to me, guys. And now all of a sudden people are starting to get sick. Well, yeah, it makes sense because they are in positions that would clearly cause disease. But 
Now they're all kettling them all into this one specific area. I just think we should be concerned about that. Obviously, there's an agenda about this. All around the world, the WHO, the whole conversation, and all of a sudden, we've got this major story dovetailing into a disease discussion. It's very concerning to me. Deaths from disease. That's what we get when they're pushed to these zones that are anything other than safe. Uh, IDF would counter that by saying there is a stretch of land close to the sea in the southwest of the Strip, um, which is about 14 thousand kilometers something like that square kilometers um and that it is a safe place for gardens to be i've spoken to other people who say there is literally nothing there there's no infrastructure there is nothing that will allow people to live there safely do you know this area what can you tell us about it I do. It's called Amawasi. It's exactly 1K by 14. So 14 square kilometers makes up. By the way, she pre- she said 14,000 when she said that. I don't know if that was a deliberate mistake or not, but it's 14. It's a tiny location that they're not going to be able to fit into. About 4% of Gaza, Gaza being one of the most densely populated places on the planet. So it's about 4% of Gaza and it would require 80% of the population to be there. If you imagine a car park of people stacked on top of each other, still without a toilet, still without a drop of water. So here you would absolutely have have zones that are zones of disease and would become in any same projection zones of death. So it's such an important narrative to, to break, this idea that people can just go to a safe zone if they wish. There is absolutely nothing safe about this. And I think, Kay, to be honest, those those people making these decisions and telling people to go there, they're aware of that. This is calculated. It's cold. And it speaks to the indiscriminate nature and the, 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 the lack of any sense of any sense of decency that has been uh, enacted on relentless attacks on mums and kids and families. Yep. And that's why they turn around and say he works for Hamas because that's the best they can do, which is certainly possible. Right. But, but I'd love some evidence, wouldn't you? Nah, that's racist. You can't ask for evidence anymore. That's inconsiderate. Right, that's where we are, right? They, they just level an accusation like Ben Shapiro and Eli David. They've both done it now. Just bla- just status. They're, they're tools of Hamas. Or more so, Eli literally called them Hamas. UN is Hamas, or rather specifically UNRWA, with literally no evidence. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. The point is, whether or not you trust the entity, I don't know why trust even comes into it. We shouldn't be trusting any of these groups. The point is that what he's telling you, he can independently verify. It is disgusting and it is happening. And they don't like that he's pointing that out. Now, here's an article that Sam Husseini shared from, uh, this was from today. Escalating disease coming from Israel's assaults is predictable. And this is the point. This is something that they're creating, at the very least, driving into reality and acting like it was just the consequence of their nature. That's what I guarantee you is going to be the, re- the narrative spun by all these Zionist shills out there. He says, she just wrote a piece predicting pestilence for the Progressive Magazine. She writes, those with influence among authorities in Israel and the United States must reckon not only with the reckless carnage they are inflicting on children, but they must also grasp the likelihood of an exponentially increased death toll from battlefield illnesses inflicting children. Yeah, I wonder if they don't care about that. I wonder if they're going, perfect. That's exactly what we can use next. She writes that the surviving Palestinian children in Gaza live amid ominous preconditions for outbreaks of waterborne diseases. Same thing they did to Yemen, and they blame them the same way. 
I'm telling you guys, this is a building problem and it's not just a byproduct. I guarantee you it's going to be used. Quite frankly, I wonder whether it's already been initiated with what happened before this. Now, in the crossing location, yes, as I said, Israel asked people to leave Khan Yunus to Rafa. Then they strike Rafa, the place they tell them to go. Yes, that happened. Then asked people to leave Rafa to Khan Yunus, then they strike Khan Yunus. 1.9 million people, innocent people, looking for shelter anywhere, but nowhere. No one is safe. Jake Shields pointing out what we're watching, the reality of what is happening on the ground. Let me think. I believe that's this one. Hold on. Let me double check. (laughs) This is graphic, guys. Actually, I don't think this is the one. Oh, yeah, it is. It's Oh, you know, it's really just the same image. It's the same area we talked about a second ago. But as he says, with Israel now attacking north and south Gaza, nowhere is safe. This is what they're living through. And it's, he's right. I mean, this is it's just an endless onslaught with nowhere to go. And then, you know, they go, here is a leaflet that says go here. And they're going, well, I was just there and they're being bombed. Or I was there. I was at a place you swore was safe and I watched my family die. So why are they even... What what do you think that does to somebody? And as even Reuters writes, which again, does not then mean we trust Reuters or that Reuters is telling you the truth. That's a very binary, childish, naive way of thinking. The point is that this headline is accurate. Whatever their intentions are, who knows? It says Israel orders Gazans to flee. Bombs where it sends them. This, you know why? Because it's an embarrassingly obvious reality. They're doing that and everybody can see it. And it's, and the point is these people I think are now weighing, are we literally going to just dr- go down with this ship? Are we really just going to keep saying these things when we know it's not true? Like there's a level of credibility that they must maintain, I would argue. But anyway, the point is that is happening. Now here is uh, the one we we're talking about. Uh, Motaz is the, the uh, journalist there. You see the first one. The point is he's filming this. Israeli IDF forces firing at civilians and then the journalists as they run down the street. I don't have, I haven't pulled up on, uh, it's only on the browser. So you might not hear all the right there. You can hear them being fired at just the simple point is you can hear firing. that They're being fired at as they flee along with journalists, which by the way, we've proven 15 times over that they've been shooting journalists. And then here was the main point. There's there he is right there. This Mikopan guy says, hey, well, first of all, it says firing at civilians and journalists, not Hamas, civilians and journalists, right? And then the Zionists on Twitter who are totally only trying to go Hamas and only want to save the civilians, he chimes in and says, oh, I hope they didn't miss. Right. And and Twitter, you know, totally okay with that, which I'm not calling for censorship because I don't agree that censorship should be applied to statements like this. But you know what they are censoring? Statements like that on the other side that aren't even saying that. You know, free Palestine, you genocide people. Free River to the sea, you're a genocide supporter. Or how about just the word intifada, which means rebellion. Somehow now means kill Jews. By, you know, according to the U.S. Congress. Because they're that dumb. Or don't care. But my point is, guys, these are people are openly calling for people to be murdered. And they just don't care about that. Now, here's an interesting point before we go into the new information coming out of Amnesty that's going to, you know, open the conversation more to the Ali Hospital and plenty of others. Let's play this video first. 
Mess, how about how about we play it with no context and just see what you think about it, and then we'll talk about it afterward because it, it well no context. A new phase in our war against women, children, and babies. The IDF is willing to sacrifice its own people to advance its genocidal agenda. It should be clear to everyone by now: the IDF does not value human life. Our war is against babies, the elderly, women, and men. We pursued them in northern Gaza. We're now pursuing them in southern Gaza too. As we expand our operation in Gaza, we remain committed to our goals. We will operate in maximum force against civilian infrastructures. We are implementing lessons learned for the new phase of this war, improving the efficiency and the precision of our operations on the ground against the people of Gaza. Yeah, so obviously that's a parody, right? So then this account is uh, Israel Defense Forces parody. But here's my point. Obviously, he's just, you know, they, they kind of contorted the things he was saying about Hamas to make it, you know, war on children, infrastructure. Okay, well, just for sake of conversation, let's say that was real. He, why, he just came out and said, We're, we have a war on women and children. We're going to bomb civilian infrastructure. Let's say that's exactly what he said. Now, if, if Israel came out today, and actually said exactly that, but then said it was all justified or some variation therein necessary, even within international law, mind you, because, well, Hamas is using human shields. As much as that seems even more crazy than currently the current reality, how would that be any different than what's currently being used? Like, really think about that for a second. Because you realize it's the same, just because he's stating it more clearly, that we're a war on children and women. Okay. In this case, you're saying, well, we're going after Hamas. That's what he's saying. But then they're effectively, clearly based on the numbers alone, predominantly killing women and children, which is what, like 70 plus percent of the total? That's, that's stated by corporate media. So my point is, what's the real difference? All I'm trying to highlight here is that no matter what you frame the narrative as, ultimately, as long as they say, well, Hamas is using human shields, apparently that's enough for some people to justify literally anything, which has been shown the more and more this continues to increase. So I just find that very interesting. Now, here is another point that I was mentioning before that I want to say before we get into the amnesty thing, which says this is in regard to the aid. They're telling you right now, this is the last update from Times of Israel, aid to southern Gaza slowed by intense fighting. Israel says the UN is to blame. Well, no, it's not slowed. In fact, it's literally stopped to a halt. And you know why? Because Israel made sure that would happen. They said on the record that they were not going to let it come through. There were trucks that were waiting, literally waiting after they started firing again, after the fake ceasefire. And Israel said, no, take them back. We don't want to see them waiting there. I don't know why they don't think we can remember their public statements. But now they're acting like it's somehow the UN's fault. Why? Because the UN is calling them out. So we got to try to reverse and, and re re reframe the blame some other way. Desperate. It's desperation is what it is. But the point is, they're starving these people while trying to hope you'll blame the UN because they said Hamas. And if you think for one second that this is somehow not Israel's fault, explain why all of this is happening too. Human Rights Watch, it's all around. And realize it's not just crops. They are deliberately, just like they do everywhere else, or the U.S. government does everywhere else, targeting 
civilian infrastructure. New satellite imagery per the Human Rights Watch's own investigation shows that orchards, greenhouses, farmlands in northern Gaza have been raised since the beginning of Israel's ground invasion. Now realize, they're not, there's no tunnels here. There's no infrastructure. They're deliberately, under the guise of their war on Hamas, raising to the ground or burning or whatever else, their crops, their greenhouses, their farmland. Which, by the way, interestingly lines up with the larger agenda we're seeing around the world. Compounding concerns of dire food insecurity. Right. So as they're not allowing food to come through, and as they're deliberately keeping them in this insecure position, they're going after other food sources in Gaza. No one's even talking about it. They're not saying, well, Hamas, they're not even bringing it up because there's literally no way you could just explain that. Now that it's being called out, I bet you they're going to make some abstract argument about how Hamas secretly uses these to maintain X, Y, and Z. And then everyone's going to go, oh, okay, well, that's fine then. Not everybody, but the, the willfully ignorant people. But it says Israel's military has said in recent weeks, yes, that it's conducted military operations in the area, including in an undisclosed agricultural area. Two clear tunnels and other military targets. Exactly. No, that's not what's happening on the record. They're not going after tunnels. They're uprooting, raising, removing olive trees. It's on the record. It's, I mean, there's a countless amount of information coming out about it. The laws of war prohibit attacks directed at civilian or civilian objects. That doesn't change suddenly because they say Hamas is there. Indiscriminate attacks and attacks that are disproportionate in the harm they cause to civilians. All parties to the conflict must take constant care to spare civilian populations. In northeast Gaza, north of uh, Bet Hanon, one screen one agricultural land is now brown and desolate. That's by design. Fields and orchards were first damaged during hostilities following Israel's ground invasion in late October. Bulldozers carved new roads, clearing the way for their vehicles. The design. But since mid-November, after Israeli forces took control of the area, satellite imagery shows that orchards, fields, and greenhouses have been systematically raised. You see, after they took control of the area, leaving sand and dirt. This is my point, guys. This stuff is undeniable. But the people that want you to pretend this is about freedom this are terrified that you're going to realize that they're not real either. Farmers planted crops like citrus fruit, potatoes, dragon fruit, prickly pear, and plenty of different things, and they were removed. High-resolution satellite imagery shows bulldozers were used to destroy fields and orchards. Tracks are visible. You think Hamas is driving around in these armored bulldozers? As well as mounds of earth on the edges of the former plots, Israeli forces have used armored bulldozers for years. As food systems collapse in Gaza, we are gravely concerned about the well-being of over 2 million Palestinians who are being starved to death. This should make you physically ill that these people are proudly conducting genocide and your governments clearly don't care. So here's another example. Amnesty International, with another investigation, has found that U.S. made joint direct action munitions. You remember this? The JDAM were used by the Israeli military in two deadly, unlawful airstrikes on homes full of civilians in Gaza. Not maybe, not could possibly mean, but we prove with investigation that yes, they used these U.S. weapons, and yes, they bombed civilian locations unlawfully. Now, before we get into the investigation, let's not forget, where did the JDAM get discussed? That's right. It was the missile that we discussed being used on the Ali Hospital. The hospital was hit with a very high probability by a JDAM bomb. 
It means it was the Israeli Air Force and, and a targeted attack. And the discussion was about the air deployment, remember? So it would, it would explode before it hit the ground. And this was basically proven by even corporate media until they came out with another half-hearted distraction story to make it seem like it wasn't exact. The bottom line is that, oh, it was the, I think it was actually Human Rights Watch that came out and said, we don't know, was the, was the epitome of their argument. We don't know for sure because we can't get in to see it, even though Hamas was going, come, come, we'll show you the evidence. They said, we can't see it. The point is that this is now being proven that, yes, the Israeli government is using these to bomb civilian locations. Now we know that was what they did on the hospital. Here is Amnesty International from today. U.S. made munitions kill 43 civilians in two documented Israeli airstrikes in Gaza. Fragments of U.S. made JDAM bombs were found in the rubble. That was this picture here with their, it's Boeing, merchants of death. In the rubble of destroyed homes. Attacks must be investigated as war crimes. U.S. made weapons facilitated the mass killing of extended families per the, uh, per the Secretary General of Amnesty International. It says U.S. made JDAMs were used by the Israeli military in two deadly unlawful airstrikes on homes full of civilians in Gaza. Amnesty International has found, based on a new investigation, the organization found that these airstrikes were either direct, direct attacks on uh, civilians or civilian objects or indiscriminate attacks and is calling for them to be investigated as war crimes. You realize they've now been able to actually investigate on the ground. The organization found distinctive fragments. And by the way, this is one of the reasons they did not want to have a pause. Found distinctive fragments of the munitions in the rubble of destroyed homes in central Gaza following two airstrikes that killed a total of 43 civilians. 19 of them were children, 14 of them were women. In both cases, survivors told Amnesty personally that they had no warning of an imminent strike. Everything. We're being lied to about everything. Quote, two families have been decimated in these strikes, further proof that the Israeli military is responsible for unlawfully killing and injuring civilians in what they're, the bombardment of Gaza. It says Amnesty International did not find any indication that there were any military objectives at the sites of the two strikes or that people in the buildings were legitimate military targets, raising concerns that these strikes were direct attacks on civilians. Now, of course, if Israel goes and pretends they find a, a tunnel in this location, they'll just tell you Amnesty is part of Hamas, and then they'll all plug their ears and move forward. In addition, it says, even if the strikes, which Israel has yet to provide any information about, were intended to target military objectives, the use of explosive weapons with wide area effects in such densely populated areas could make these indiscriminate attacks. As such, these attacks must be investigated as war crimes. Right. Because it's damage, not accuracy. Same point. That what we're talking about is even if you found the tunnel or Hamas members, they're using explosives that, that bomb buildings surrounding them. So it's this is clearly about damage. It says in both attacks, the bombs used U.S. manufactured JDAM kits. The photos of the metal fragments from the weapons clearly show the distinctive rivets and harness and harness system that indicate they served as a part of the frame that surrounds the body of the bomb of a JDAM. In addition, the codes stamped on the plates from both sets were recovered were associated with Boeing, the manufacturer. Just like we saw in Yemen, right? The U.S. government literally funds the worst atrocities around the world. That's what they do. And that's not you as an American. That's you, or that's, a, that's the government pretending they fight for freedom while doing the worst things around the world. 
think that was it in here. Now, this is the second investigation they've had about provable evidence showing that they're targeting civilians. Now, here is what this complete clown has to say about this. problem of this entire situation, which is that Hamas has embedded itself inside civilians, inside civilian homes, inside mosques, in schools, in churches. It is Hamas that is putting these civilians in harm's way. I, for all the questions, and I, I understand why people stand up, stand, I stand here, and people ask me questions. He's clearly flustered with this. Questions about what Israel should do. I'm happy to take those questions. Right. I'm surprised I don't hear more people saying, why doesn't Hamas lay down its arms? Why doesn't Hamas? Okay, where exactly would Hamas go, Matt? Right? You're in an open-air prison. You can't leave. So lay down your arms and do what? Like, the argument doesn't make any sense. Now, let's just say that that's not in support of Hamas either. The point is that it's been made explicitly clear that their goal is to go after all of Palestine. Repeatedly. They're stating this. And his claim is something we've never proven. Over and over and over and over. Mosques and schools and hospitals. Okay. I'd love to see one example, not of a tunnel that doesn't prove they were currently there or let alone that we're actually a tunnel that was that we've already proven. They've lied about these exact things using elevator shafts and all sorts of stuff, water tanks long before October 7th, by the way. And that's not even to say there aren't tunnels. It just shows you they're willing to lie about anything. Where is the evidence? And the international community has already put it on Israel. The, the onus is on you to prove that Hamas is present. You can't just because what it really shows you is not just Matt. He's just a repeater is the U.S. government is OK, giving them the, the pass, just siding with something, even though the international law, the, the international communities already stated the law is clear that they have to prove these things. They can't just go forward claiming it's there with nobody knowing that. But the U.S. government goes, no, we're going to give our clout to that, even though, as we know, with their behind the scenes leaked information, they're very aware they're not doing that. That's the staggering part. And that's why it's clear that Matt, I think, is increasingly aware that we all, everybody, including his own colleagues, see right through what he's saying. So that, that's hard to do. That's why this job is nearly impossible and most people don't last that long because all you do is lie. Hamas move out of school. So why doesn't Hamas take additional steps so, to protect so civilians? Because okay. we think they should as we think Israel should. Right. So what, why is it Hamas's fault in any way that you're now bombing civilian locations without Hamas being present? See, that's the whole point. Now, let's just pretend you take his ridiculous narrative at face value. Well, okay. Still doesn't matter, right? Because we still have the evidence coming, waterfall of evidence coming out showing they're not just targeting Hamas, that they are targeting UN locations, schools and mosques and hospitals where they're not, or civilian homes or homes of journalists. You see, they know this. They know that we know this. So that's why this is an increasingly difficult game they're playing. But they're stuck. They're too far in. That's why this guy, who's usually pretty good at what he does, is stumbling, saying the wrong things, because he's, I think, aware of that. This person is also complicit. Now here, I might, I might just skip this one, actually. We already took an hour to get past this, but this, I'll maybe just start the beginning of it. This is, a, this is one of the IDF members, one of the leaders, speaking about the same, the same thing. Basically just blaming everything on, God, on, on Hamas, and even referring to what the UNICEF uh, uh, spokesman said about there's nowhere safe to go. It's just, can, can you guess what he talked? He said, just all Hamas. No matter what, it's Hamas's fault. If I go, if I go stab somebody in the eye today, it's because Hamas made this happen. 
Conriquez, he's the Israel Defense Forces International Spokesman. Thanks so much for making time to come on with us this afternoon. I want to ask you first about this expansion you. of your ground of your ground operations. We've heard from the U.S. government and Secretary of State Tony Blinken that um, they've relayed to your government that they don't want to see the level of civilian deaths in the South that they saw in the North. So my question to you is right there. So how exactly do you get better from doing everything you can. Explain that for me, right? We've been told ad nauseum. They've, they've taken every measure possible to reduce civilian casualties. Okay, I disagree, but let, let's pretend that's the case. Now, jump forward to today. They go, we want you to kill less. Okay, so how do you go about killing less if you've already taken every measure possible? Yeah, it's that simple, guys. They're lying to you. <laughs> Shouldn't be that hard to see. Is as you all expand these ground operations further south, uh, how will you proceed with that operation, and and how will uh, that that um, information from the U.S. and and th their thoughts uh, play into what you're doing? Thank you for having me. Uh, well, we first of all we listen and we take notice. Second, it's important yeah. for everybody to understand what a tremendous challenge we're facing. Because not only are we going to fight an enemy that is heavily entrenched and underground and hiding. No, no, no. They're going to bomb them. Bomb everything. See, that's the game they play. They could go in and they already have tried and they get destroyed. Uh, lines of, of more tanks apparently that have ever been blown up in any Israeli engagement. Right. That's, that's apparently the reality right now. They're not telling you that. The point, though, is that they could go in on the ground. And try to go after Hamas, which I guarantee would also cause civilian casualties because they don't care. But the bombing is, it's the, it's, it's like pretending you can just draw, like, what's a better analogy? The point is that it's indiscriminate. They know that. And that's what the next point we're going to get to is that the, their own prisoners that were released make the same point that they were, we were, we already saw one of the videos when they, the Hamas put out about their own, the captive saying, are you trying to kill us too? Of course, they said psychological games. Well, guess what? Now they're free and they're saying the same thing. But we're also going to fight an enemy that uses everything civilian for military purposes. And No, I, I, that, that's certainly possible. But again, I have yet to see them prove that once. Just once. Wouldn't you? I mean, they've seemed to have a thousand different things they can manufacture with it turn out to be lies. Why can't they make up a lie about that? Isn't that interesting? There's just nothing. There is not evidence to this effect. You know what do you have evidence for? 2013, Palestinian children tortured, used as shields by Israel per the United Nations. Reuters, Israeli soldiers who used Palestinian boy, a nine-year-old, as human shields avoid jail. Defense goes on. There's like seven other examples, all from internet, from the UN, Amnesty. The neighbor procedure is what it's called. It, it is a crime, and the international community has acknowledged that. They just don't talk about it today, which is, again, very telling. But you can see when they called it out a decade ago, weird how they act like they don't remember that. Uses civilians as their human shields. Um, and it makes it very difficult for us to, on one hand, eradicate Hamas, and then on the other hand, not have any civilian casualties. Oh, I feel so bad for you. What a forlorn hero you are. Like, this is that, look at that face, guys. That is the worst of the worst. Anybody who is presenting themselves as the hero, doing everything possible, well, we know that it's exactly the opposite. 
that you're probably, in my opinion, you're probably gleefully taking these people out. But take my opinion out of it. We know, based on basic realities of objective facts, that they're not doing that. Based on the admission of their own people, the statements of their leaders, and the obvious reality. It's just that simple. We got to stop playing the game. They are murdering civilians at massive scales with the allowance of the other governments in the world. To hear another article from the Gray Zone, which I'm still waiting to hear back about the interview. I guess that might not happen, which is very strange, even though it was accepted. So we'll see how that works out. But, you know, kind of wouldn't surprise me. Relative of Israeli captives confirms three hostages killed by Israeli fire. Now, this is written by Wyatt Reed and Max as well. A relative of newly released Israeli captives has publicly accused the Israeli military of killing its own people and says Tel Aviv is blocking the victims' families from speaking out. This is public information. I mean, we've already seen them try to aggressively keep these people from speaking. In testimony delivered to Israel's finance committee on December 3rd, Noam Dan, whose cousin's husband remains in Hamas custody even, who and who suffered the loss of two other family members in the hostilities, so somebody who has every right to be calling out Hamas, and does to a degree, told legislators that the Israeli military has killed its own. This is a reality, guys. There's no hiding from this. He says, quote, we know for sure that three people, and realize we're not talking about the seventh anymore. He says, we know for sure that three people were killed by our fire, three hostages, meaning Israeli fire. It says, she, she, demanded, she declared this while demanding to be informed of whether the families of captives were giving up on, or were being given up on by the Netanyahu administration. This is them speaking in front of the Knesset. It says, Dan's comments appear to confirm a statement delivered from captivity in Gaza by 34-year-old Israeli citizen Yardin Bibas. Remember, the, the person that was, uh, well, actually, I don't know if that was the same one he's referring to, but there was one person that was speaking up and said, are you trying to kill us all? In regarding to the, the indiscriminate bombing exactly where they may be held. I should say exactly, but you know, in the greater area where they may be held. Addressing Netanyahu, the abductee stated that the Israeli military had killed his wife and two children in an airstrike. You and pleaded for the prime minister to negotiate for the release of their bodies. I didn't, guys, I, I called this. I said, this is exactly what I said happened. My opinion, before we get all the facts, based on just trying to read the, what we could, we did have. Remember? The BB's fam- the, the, the B-Bus family. And the idea that they were trying to pretend that they were killed. They were the ones saying that they, that they were killed by Israeli airstrikes. The point is, These were the bodies, it seems, they were trying to give back and that Israel did not want because they knew, I think, this would reveal something. Remember, we talked about this while it was in real time. He said It says that uh, addressing Netanyahu, he stated they killed his wife and two children. The redhead ones, they're all... And this is the point. I think they were aware of this, which is why they immediately tried to roll this into some massive propaganda push to say these two kids are suddenly the most important kids in all the hostages before this came out. Why does that make sense? Because in the most surveilled area in the world, I think they knew what happened. It says, and pleaded for the prime minister to negotiate the release of their bodies. So he knew. Bibi, you destroyed my family. This is an Israeli Jew speaking to Netanyahu. You killed my wife and my children, everything in my life. I'm begging you, please bring my wife and children home. They refused, remember? They refused to take those bodies back. And now they're claiming that they broke the ceasefire in that process probably because they were so desperate not to let this happen. Freed 
Israeli captives have also delivered harrowing accounts of the massive Israeli bombings they endured, according to a Facebook post by Israeli television producer Haggai Levy. From the reports of the returning abductees, it is repeated that the most horrifying captivity trauma that they experienced was not Hamas beating them, torture, rape, and whatever else was the IDF bombings. When they tell them when they when they tell about them, they literally tremble in front of me. This is an Israeli reporter saying this. They turn the, the terms are of hell, of the brink of death, of an earthquake, of noise from another planet, which also caused permanent hearing damage. The fear of being murdered by the captors was zero compared to the fear of dying in the bombings. There's no way to name this cons- propaganda. This is coming from an Israeli television producer with Israeli people. But I guarantee they're going to spin this into some kind of propaganda. They're desperate, sure enough. But think about all the things they're doing to these people, putting them involuntarily committing them, treating them like the point is they're cl- they're claiming like they're so traumatized you can't talk to them. Clearly, it's something else. And clearly, the trauma, if they are traumatized, it came from this, you know, the same thing we're seeing with all the children covered in dust, trembling. You can't even get them to speak because they've been enduring 24 hours of nonstop bombardment, which would put anybody in that state. That's what's happened to these people. Earth shattering, building shaking, people dying right next to them that because of Israeli bombings. In a statement, and guys, just so you're clear on this, that's not to suggest that there's not other things they're concerned about. Yes, they were kidnapped, and yes, that's a crime for in regard to the civilians. But you realize they're the ones saying that that's more concerning to them right now. And we're going to get in to them now saying, oh, it's because they drugged them all. Isn't that what? Oh, sure. They gave them all Klonopin. That's what they're, that's what they're now saying. You know why? Because people that have been out for a week are still saying that's not true, that they were treated kindly. So what do they have to find something? It says in a previous appearance on Israel Channel 13, Dan told her interviewer that, quote, we know for sure that not only did Israeli civilians hear bombings, but buildings collapsed on top of their inhabitants and that, quote, hostages were injured in the attacks. So witnessing civilians be killed and their own people. Quote, the IDF damages the houses where they're held. How long have we been telling you this, guys? And it's not just Israeli bombs which are jeopardizing the safety of the captives, captive Israelis. According to Dan, he says, quote, our sanctions on Gaza endanger the health of the hostages, he says to an Israeli producer. Because, quote, if Gaza doesn't have flour, they don't have flour. It's one-to-one. So this is going to be relevant as we go forward. Obviously, the main point Everything they say about, oh, they were starved. Well, okay, even though they, the point is they weren't, they were well-fed. They're not trying to say that, oh, actually, it looks like they lost some weight. Well, why do you think that is? And think about the reality that you have people that are literally in a starvation tactics siege and still feeding the captives. Like, everything they do seems to go the opposite direction right now because I think it's desperate. Framing very benign things as some kind of secretly terrifying when in reality the people that were there seem to be more worried about what you were doing to them. Their tactics were designed to take everybody out in this area. I don't know how we don't see that by now. It says, quote, we used to think the IDF knows what it's doing. We now know nothing's that simple. Again, Alt's peeking on the record, and we've heard from most of these people. In the same interview, the Israeli, re- the, the Israeli revealed that Tel Aviv is prohibited 
has prohibited her from divulging information about the very difficult experiences. Now, why would that be? Why would the Israeli government be explicitly telling her not to speak on the record and claiming it's because she's troubled and she, she's having a hard time with it? She, does, she doesn't want to speak. That's what they're saying. Telling the host, quote, I'm not allowed to provide details. They asked us not to. This is the most obvious thing in the world. Anger with the Prime Minister Netanyahu has been mounting in Israel since October 7th. Another poll taken shines that 76% of Israelis want him to resign. Israeli captives freed from Gaza continue to warn that the Israeli military presents the greatest threat to those left behind in, the, in, the, in Gaza. Besides the bombings that have killed many Israelis in captivity, the prospect of a military rescue operation fills them with fear. Think about that. It says, quote, the biggest threat currently hovering over our heads of abductees, wrote Haggai Levy, is a military operation to rescue them. Think about a, a hostage saying their biggest fear, and this is them speaking with Israeli media. The, their biggest fear is the IDF coming to, quote, rescue them. What do you think that tells you? The families of the abductees and everyone around them should shout and scream, do everything so that such an operation does not take place. It changes a of its its chances of mass slaughter are about a hundred times its success. You know why? Because these were the people that were there when they shot their own people in the kibbutz Be'ere. They saw it. They were there. They were the ones taken, and then got shot at by the helicopters. Right. So they're very aware of how this works. Some of them, anyway. Meanwhile, back in Jerusalem, Israeli soldiers executed a Jewish Israeli man on camera who had done nothing but attempted to fight off Palestinian militants, or excuse me, that's the wrong part. The, the, the point was, he's a Jewish-Israeli man on camera who attempted to fight off Palestinian militants that opened fire on a Jerusalem bus stop, shooting him dead even after he threw away his gun and pleaded for his life. It, well, hold on, I think I read that wrong the first time. Israeli soldiers executed a Jew, oh, okay, so a Jewish-Israeli man who had attempted to fight off a Palestinian militants that opened fire at a Jerusalem bus shop. What, what's weird is he says, meanwhile, shooting him dead after they threw away the gun and pleaded for his life. Hmm. Responding to the latest incident of friendly fire, Netanyahu shrugged, that's life. Now, the real the point, though, the, the main article, show uh, image for the article show today, BB Destroyer of Israel. You're not hearing this in corporate media from the United States. And let's remember, people that survived who didn't get taken, 18 of them have now been put in an involuntarily committed into a mental institution. Starting to seem like that's not about their health anymore, is it? Now, Hen Mazig, one of these constant propagandists, has said this. It is beyond horrific. Okay, so we get the story coming up, right, of people that were there and people that just came home saying, we were afraid of you. You bombed and killed our own people. This guy gets pushed to the task. An Israeli health ministry official stated the foreign hostages were drugged with kalaz, uh, kal, uh, different terms for it. Kalazapam, uh, Kalanapin is the, is the general term. Oh, he deleted it. I can't believe it. <laughs> Lit live on the show. You gotta love that. Oh, look, it's still there. Let me take a picture of that. God, these people are so disgusting. It's just so dishonest. Yep. Post deleted by the author. What a coward. Here, let's do this real quick. 
so everybody can see it. Man. So, okay, here's what it said. Oh, it's still up right there. So he said, I can't read the full thing, I guess. Oh, well, so basically saying, you know, when Hamas handed him over to the Red Cross. So, so they would appear like they were smiling and calm. So apparently it looks like that's already been proven to be so false that he had to delete it. That's how these people operate. Christie says, honestly, given what they've been through, and this is assuming that's even true, getting an anti-panic attack sed- sedative sounds humane. She's not wrong. It's, it's because they're talking about people that are being bombarded under like 24 hour heavy bombardment. That's what has the people shaken. And they're, and they're telling you that. So it's, she's almost right. It does sound like some, like a kind thing to do, but it says it's frequently prescribed for acute anxiety. Not, oh, and that's the other thing he says in this tweet. He says it's commonly called the date rape drug. You can't see it now. It's, it's gone, but I can't show more, but that maybe that's why he deleted it. Cause he's dumb and he's wrong. It's not, that's not the date rape drug. I think it's, uh, um, Roofie is what they call it, but I think it's Ru, um, I, f- I forget. But the point is, deletes it. And here's Nario Nar- Narfall telling you the same thing, because that's what this guy does. He just reposts whatever people tell him, apparently. And it goes both ways. He posts things the other way, but it's just such a mindless repetition of corporate app. It's not independent media, guys. This is, as he says, no bias, no echo chamber. It's literally bias echo chamber. That's all it is. Hamas tranquilized hostages to make them appear happy. Here's where it comes from. In the middle of a here in in a Knesset briefing, what would you call it? Meeting, hearing. They're saying confirmed. Don't you love how people, this person, that's confirmed to them. Someone said something. It's confirmed. The hostages were given Kalanapin. Here's the article. Here's what it says. Oh, actually, let me do this real quick. Because I think this went away. The highlighting. I don't think I had that much highlighted here, but I want to grab it again real quick so I don't have to skim through it. Shoot, I should have done that. So the point on this one is that they're basically the only thing it says. There it is. At the Knesset, and the title is, Health Ministry says Hamas drugged released hostages to make them appear happy. Think about the desperation with this. It says, at a Knesset Health Committee meeting, meeting on Tuesday, a health ministry representative said the hostages recently freed from captivity in Gaza were given tranquilizer pills by Hamas. Very different, by the way. But Kalanapin is not a tranquilizer. I mean, I guess maybe it could be seen as that, but it's more about specific anxiety aspect. But anyway, the point is, Dr. Hagar Mizrahi, head of the health ministry medical division, specifically named the drug as Kalanapin. So names it specifically. Then it says the ministry representative did not disclose whether the drug had been confirmed by blood tests done on the hostages at hospitals from the freed testimony or both. Weird how you would make a statement and then go out of your way to not state how or why or what you know about it. Sort of like the rape conversation. Health committee chairman uh, says it urged the health ministry to send health organizations around the world an official report detailing the evidence of the drugging and other medical findings following the release hostage return. So what they're saying is they've urged them to send organizations around the world the report. 
This is like the same game. Wait a minute now. You're saving something with nothing verifying it and then urging the international community to start pushing this around the world. Keep talking about You haven't even proven anything yet. This is how this goes. It's supposed to be insulting now to ask for evidence, apparently. Her testimony echoed information shared with the public by medical professionals caring for the released hostages in Israeli hospitals. While at first, hospital officials told the media that they had come back in good fit. Oh, first of all, the testimony part is not to the drugs. What it says, her testimony echoed. They're talking about, it says here, calling the hostage situation. Uh, Where was it? So basically what we're talking about here, speaking before the committee, and this is how this goes. Every single one of them, when speaking of their own accord, has stated they were treated kindly. Apparently there's some that haven't spoken of their own accord, but every single one of them have said the same thing. All we've gotten when it comes to other statements have been through somebody else, which doesn't mean it's fake. But isn't that strange? Through the aunt or through a family member or through the IDF or through Netanyahu or through Biden, all of them. Secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand relayed statements. While every firsthand is the opposite. Oh, uh, Rofipnol. Or R- R- is that what it is? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Somebody posted in the chat what the name was. Um, so. This person, who is the mother, described some of her horrific experiences. The problem is, when she expressed what she went through, that's not what she said. So I'm not saying the mother's lying. I think that's very strange, though. I do know that the government can exert a lot of pressure should they want to. Sort of like making people make up what they've seen, which we've proven. Now, it says her testimony echoed in regard to how bad it was. Information shared by the public medical professionals. So somebody else, not firsthand information, caring for them at the hospitals. While at the hospitals, or excuse me, while at first glance by the hospital officials, they said they came back in good physical health. Okay, that's what they said. Now they're saying that's not altogether accurate. Ah, okay. So you, with no other outside influence, see them and look at them and go, yeah, they look like they're doing well. Right? Oh, that's what happened. Then, all of a sudden, they come back. And there's some other influence. As we've already seen, let's not dispute that they were being, were being lied to. The IDF and the Israeli government are desperately trying to lie their way out of something. And all of a sudden, then becomes, well, no, whoa, whoa, no, never mind. Suddenly, I see a lot of problems. That seems pretty strange to me. Here's what it says. Hostages had lost 10 to 15% of their body weight. Well, they're in the middle of a literal starvation starvation siege. And even then, they still made food or still got fed. But my point is, I don't even believe that. Look at these people's pictures and look at their pictures before. They look exactly the same. But even then, the point is that if that even did happen, we already got told that they, that girl was saying, no, we were supposed to share food. No, we got everything we got, feminine hygiene, everything. But it says, after having been deprived of food and water, so now that's how you're framing it, some exhibited disorient, disordered eating upon their return. Like, guys, you know what this seems? This is, after claiming everyone was raped and murdered and tortured, this is them trying to make benign realities into some horrifying experience. And I'm not trying to belittle what they went through. Being kidnapped seems to be terrifying. But why aren't they saying that? Come on, guys. This is not hard to see. There's something very unnerving about all this. And the point is, losing some body weight, if that even happened, lines up with the fact that you're trying to starve everybody there while bombing them all. And now claiming that through through an IDF statement about, or the, the hospital statement about what they're dealing with, 
but it's not a individual. It's a hospital said, see my point? The returnees had injuries and had become infected due to lack of proper care and access to hygiene. Again, I actually haven't seen any of that, but it wouldn't surprise me. But think about it like this. You're in a situation where they were bombed. Oh, wait, further back. They, they were, they tried, they were shot at by the IDF and possibly by Hamas too, in some cases. I only say it like that because I don't know. A lot of people were just taken, right? And they weren't shot. So it's hard to say that they were shot at by Hamas, but we can prove that they were shot at by the IDF. The point is nobody should dismiss that the Hamas would shoot at them. But so they saw and experienced their own people shooting at them, saw their families get killed right next to them, as many of them said. Then they got taken to a car and then they saw the helicopter fire at them, saw the car next to them get blown up by a helicopter. Think how terrifying it is going, this is the IDF shooting at us. Then they end up in Gaza. Then they go through 40 plus days of, or more than that, constant bombardment that would put anybody in a state of shock, right? Okay. In all of that process, that's not at the hands of Hamas, they might've cut themselves. They might've hurt themselves. They might've been shot. So they're now in an area where we've already been proven by the people that came out where they got treated. One of the women even got her hand treated. Yes, apparently by a veterinarian, but that doesn't mean they weren't skilled at what they did. There's plenty of veterinarians that are also plenty. Well, my point though, is that that's probably what happens when you're in a siege and don't have what you need. They're the ones stopping access to water and electricity and fuel and everything and medicine and food. And yet then when that trickles back onto the hostages, you knew were there, you go, look at what Hamas did. I mean, think about how crazy that is. So if they had an infection because of a lack of hygiene, when we know that on the record, they gave them everything they had, feminine hygiene, everything else, then that's because of the IDF. Pretty simple. But, and this is the worst they can concoct. PSAC said the returnees' stories had shaken him and his colleagues. Okay, well, isn't that that's strange seeing as how none of them said that when they came out and still have not to this day. Weird how when in a secluded room, they would say something to this person who's now being put forward by the IDF. I just, see my point? He goes on to say he likened the situation that the hostages lived through to Nazi ghettos. Yeah, you, 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 you're clearly being, you're pushing it to the length of the same Israeli propaganda. For maybe you could argue that these people wouldn't want to have said, I, you know, I suffered, didn't want to say it out loud, let alone the exact opposite ever since they've gotten freed well past the time when they're gone or supposedly Kalatapin, which should be in their system, right? They're home. They've slept. They've lived there for days now, and they're still saying the same thing. For him to come out and say what they said to him was likened to Nazi Germany, I don't believe it. I, I would go with I, my point is that is egregiously over the top and it challenges what even they're saying. I call him a liar. That's where we're at at this point, guys. There's it's absurd. Asked what kind of abuse these hostages spoke of having been subjected to. He said only they experienced every kind of abuse. Yeah, there you go. Oh, so no specifics. You, you can't tell us they can't say it. They won't say it. And all you do is say Nazi. What's happening is this. In, anyway, it's absurd. They keep pushing it to the extreme because that's what atrocity propaganda needs to be in order to cover up what they're doing. That's why it seems that everybody can see this. Now here is Hezma Zig, same thing. Released hostage uh, Mia Shem, who was shot, abused, and had a Gazan veterinarian operate on her. Well, okay, here's what she said. People uh, very good, very kind. 
to me. All of them food good and the kindness and everything good. Okay, so right, does she, does she look like she was shot? I don't even know if that's true. That's her after she was released. They treated me very kindly. Everything was nice. And, and, and same stuff. She's still saying that to this day. Everybody. Now, in this video, she's crying. So who knows? Maybe she lied there and she sat there because she was tortured. That's certainly possible. Or it's likely that she's overcome with emotion. Coming home, everyone's trying to see her. Everything's happening. I mean, who knows? But on top of that, realize that she is probably dealing with shock with everything everybody's talking about. And now probably feeling very threatened with the reality that their own government probably doesn't want them to speak out, which they've all been told, don't talk, because this video they saw and they're not happy about. So he makes it about her suffering when she's saying something different. Now, you know, of course, maybe she's lying. I don't think that. The point is, why in the world Hen Mazig feels that he has the right to frame what she went through despite her saying something different? Because you know what? That's him disgustingly using her for their agenda, not the other way around. Now, Dan Cohen points out, unable to effectively combat the armed resistance, Israel is considering flooding Gaza's tunnels with seawater to force fighters and hostages out. Right. So if we ever needed another example of how much they don't care about killing these, these prisoners, there you go. So you're telling us they're being held in these tunnels. So you're going to flood them with seawater to get Hamas. Right, because that won't potentially kill people that you're... Yeah, obviously. It says this could destroy the remaining water and, and wastewater infrastructure, probably by design, ruin and ruin the soil, further degrade Gaza's aquifer that's not even... 97% drinkable, undrinkable water. U.S. officials admit it could bring global condemnation. Israel is desperate. Here's the article. The real point is they've assembled a system of large pumps that it could use to flood the vast, the tunnels we're told are there, under the Gaza Strip with seawater. A tactic that could destroy the tunnels and drive the fighters from their underground refuge, but also threaten their water supply, said U.S. officials. Oh, how shocked I am that the U.S. official didn't mention the people that would also be in there, the hostages. My God. Something's happening to the audio? Fantastic. Or is that maybe just on your side? Let's find out. Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? Let me know in the... There we go. Yeah, you can. Great. So that was a interesting. Okay, back to it then. <clears throat> so, that's <laughs> so frustrating. Uh, let's see. Here. So, where were we? Where were we? Anyway, so I guess the point, they, they are flooding the tunnels where the people are going to be. Right? So, that is an obvious indication they don't care about the people that they might kill while doing that. Which are the very people that they're continuing to claim were the, the whole reason they're doing that. Now, Tiberius points out, a survivor of the rave of October 7th spoke to Israeli radio. She confirmed, quote, the terrorists did not harm us. They even gave us the opportunity to drink and calmed us down while we panicked. When the police came, they started shooting everywhere. Four people were dead outside. I think the police killed them. Then they arrested the gunman and opened heavy fire on the hostages and the gunman killed them all. Now, you know this already. Let me know again or well, if it goes down again. 
they they definitely have repeat this is this is something that's been on the record since the moment that she spoke to Israeli radio. But this is Tiberius is pointing it out again. This is incredible when compared to the Zionist propaganda regarding October 7th, but surely unsurprising at this point to anyone paying attention. Now, here is the first place I saw it. Israeli forces shot their own civilians, Kibbutz survivor says. Apparently, we're getting reports they're trying to flood the tunnels right now, which wouldn't surprise me. Like, they can't let the the international community start to condemn this before they do it. They have to do it after first and then argue you're all racist for condemning it afterward, how they work. But here is the bit shoot of, of the survivor speaking to a different radio station. But realize this one right here from Electric, Electronic Intifada from October 16th. It's, it's on the record with major Israeli state radio. They knowingly killed their own people. And we have the colonel on the record who've already told, I've already shown this to you, saying we, saying it was a mass Hannibal was the direct quote, meaning that this was the Hannibal directive and we killed all these people because we did not want them to be used against us. That's what, that was his assessment of the scene. And there's now another point in all this. Israel's reportedly investigating claims of anomalous stock trading ahead of October 7th, shorting things at before, just like we saw with COVID. Is they more evidence that they had foreknowledge that they knew this would happen? Even this, even more so, suggests that they knew this would bring a decline perception. Very interesting. Now, lastly, just another point about the the prisoners. These coming from from Gaza, or excuse me, from Israeli prisons. Rania points out, do you know that when Israel released Palestinian hostages <clears throat> from Israeli jails recently, as a part of the hostage exchange agreement? One second. When they released them with, with, on their side of the agreement, it did not give them any IDs or prison release papers that are, in fact, required by the Red Cross. You know what that means to me? What we've already seen. They're going to arrest them right back up as soon as they can. And they're going to go, you're not have the right paperwork, and it's their fault. Sort of like saying that we're going to demolish your home because you don't have a permit. Even though we don't get told they've been applying for a permit for the last 75 years or, you know, whatever it is, 10 years, 20 years. And continually turned down for no reason. Because they know they would eventually use that excuse. Now, we've already talked about the admission from Haaretz. Now, this one is the in, in the uh, Hebrew version. The Hamas massacre led to the spread of horror stories, not all of which happened in reality. The truth is hard enough. Here is also the U.S. version or the English version, Hamas committed documented atrocities, but a few false stories feed the deniers. Of course, that's how you frame it in, in English. The point over here is quite a bit different. Not all of it really happened. The truth is hard enough. But the point is, and this even Glenn Greenwald just covered this. Mohammed shared this. We Read the article. We went through it in length in this discussion, or rather, yeah, in this one. Watch the whole show for yourself. This was our last show before this. But the point is the act, the Haaretz article, not doesn't mince words. They proved, as we already know, 40 beheaded babies did not happen. Babies being burned in an oven did not happen. Not not in Gaza, not in Israel, per the Hamas actions. A pregnant woman's stomach being opened and her fetus removed did not happen. Haaretz proved that. And then went on to say the person who's been repeating it probably just suffered from trauma. Giving him a clear pass, even though he's still saying that. Children bound together and burned did not happen. Pregnant hostages giving birth did not happen. Read the article yourself, guys. It's right here. 
That's why largely they're trying to get this platform shut down. Glenn says, the Haaretz.com story referred to here showing that Hamas committed atrocities against uh, civilians on October 7th, but many of the most dramatic and most cited claims were false. The below thread accurately lays out the paper's findings. Now, this is the point. People like Eli David continue to share these things. He says, hi, Columbia University. Here, here's the page. It says, significance of the October 7th Palestinian counteroffensive. Right, because in his world, you're not allowed to frame this, the reality that the, the Geneva Conventions allowed an armed resistance to an occupied state, which was Palestine. They've always maintained it's occupied. The UN, everybody, even the US, when really pushed to it. And per the Fourth Geneva, rather, or the Geneva Conventions in general, they have the right to arm rebellion. I believe it's fourth. The point is that that means they acted under the law, as I've said many times. Any crimes committed after that were crimes, and they should be held accountable for them. Obviously, they took civilians, so obviously they committed crimes. But the point is, what they did, uh, it says the October 7th Pal Palestinian counteroffensive was about pushing back against the occupier. 75 years of occupation. Which, see, the point is they can't handle that. So he says, hi, Columbia University. Is lynching, raping, mutilating, beheading, and burning women, children a counteroffensive? Who said that? Maybe your, your little pea brain couldn't wrap your mind around how that's not even in the conversation. Shame on you, he says. So, first of all, did lynching happen? Nope. No, no evidence of that. No, raping? There's no proof of that. Mutilating? No proof. No proof of beheading or burning? None of it. Because we've already proven this, and now even Haaretz has proven this. But they, they don't care. He's going to keep pushing it. Even the Israeli government will keep lying about it. So anything pro-Palestine is terrorism to these people. Because they're desperate. Dan Cohen points out, as unsubstantiated mass rape stories are circulating again, because I'm telling you, this was a, there was a planned push here. He says, remember that this CNN person, Sarah Snyder, one of the key figures who spread the 40 beheaded babies lie, promoted fake rape stories in Libya in 2011, which were fake. The fake Viagra rape stories, the same ones they lied about in Ukraine. It's the same game they play every single time, which brings us into this conversation. Now, this is what we just went over. This was on the 3rd. Haaretz exposes atrocity propaganda and simply asking, were rapes committed on October 7th? Let's review the evidence. Which, by the way, guys, is a static set of evidence from one day. October 7th. That's not talking about what may or might not have happened or might still happen from people in Gaza. It's about October 7th. And the way they frame this as some kind of ongoing development of evidence is very, very revealing in and of itself. But we went through this tooth and comb, and it's obvious. Then, and even more so today, now I'm not saying again that that means that we can prove that no rapes took place. I don't think we have all of the evidence yet. I think there are still people that might be able to say something or add that there's more evidence from Gaza. Or, you know, all, we, we haven't even physically heard from the women they claim experienced it. That matters. They're claiming they have women that are saying, I experienced this, which would hold a lot of water. Even for someone like me, if a woman steps up and says, I experienced this, you could argue with certain possible that she could be put to it the same way we've been seeing. That's a hard thing to say. It really is. But the reality is we've seen Israel already do this. And I'll prove it to you again today. There are people right now who are coming out and saying, I saw this. And we can prove that it did not happen. So how do you explain that? So my point is, I wouldn't put it past them from making that happen either. But my point, though, is that if they came out and said it, it'd be really hard to put that away. 
gosh darn it. So they're saying audio is down again. See, guys, this is what I'm dealing with constantly. Now it's slightly muted. <laughs> All right, maybe you guys should just stop telling me because I don't know why. I just, let's just let it go because otherwise it just kind of derails the show. Yeah, just low, apparently. I mean, I don't even know how that's possible. Jeez. God, so ridiculous. I'm telling you guys, this is only going to get way, way worse. As we continue down this path of technocracy, I mean, and how this all works. All right. Yeah. See, again, I completely lost my lost my train of thought. Uh, all right. So. The main point, I guess, where we're at <clears throat> is the idea of the evidence that was already presented and the idea that it's God damn, it, it's frustrating. So the idea that we're talking about. All the stuff that was, so yeah, static day, the point is where we are today, the amount of information has already been shown to not add up with what they're saying. And the evidence, I'm just trying to get it right back on the same point. Anyway, I'll just start over. So that's very frustrating. So where we, so the point is guys, we're talking about the fact that I discussed in the show that were they committed on the seventh? Okay. So the evidence in this discussion that we presented already proves that there are provable lies within their story which does not mean that we don't know if that does not mean we can prove it didn't did not happen. Okay. What we're dealing with here is the evolution of the evidence. And I think that my point was what I was ending with there, I guess, is that if somebody does come forward of the people they claim sits uh, both by the way, experienced it or witnessed it, even the one claim ones claiming they witnessed it. I've not seen any kind of public that we've get, we've gotten this through the public secret screenings or IDF members relaying it or the leader of this group saying she told her, it's just all very weird and secondhand. My point is that if right now we can prove that they've lied about things they've saw, seen, then we need to realize that there's already provable lies within this whole campaign. That has to matter right now. I'm going to try to put away my frustration with that because I know that was... See, this is the hard thing with these topics, guys. I'm, I'm not even going to look at chat for the rest of the show for this reason. So the point is, this is a very difficult topic. Okay, this is a very, very sensitive and hard topic. And even the slightest derailment it gives people the ammunition to pretend like we're being insensitive or they don't want to look at it. And so it's, it's very difficult. And it's not your guys' fault. I thank you for telling me that what's going on. So we already talked about this. The Times, this was the article we went through in this show. First Hamas fighters raped her, then they shot her in the head. Now, what we're seeing is the repetition of these same stories. I think, see, the, I think the thing that I'm frustrated about is the, the, I wanted to bring the other part of this whole show into it. And I can't even wrap my, get back to where we were on that. Just the lack of evidence of everything else. But so th this discussion here, we're seeing the repetition of the information, the recycled statements, the same, you know, and again, not even to say it didn't happen. Just that we have yet to prove any of it. It's just firsthand, secondhand, thirdhand, repeating the, the stories, new articles, posting the same information, then being heralded as another aspect of the evidence, right? That's not the reality. It's the same four or five, six, same recycled stories over and over from people that many cases I'm going to prove right now have said things I can prove to you are lies. Now, first of all, as we already said, just really quickly, the reality of this article telling you that the forensic evidence is not there. They lost the information. 
or the time to get the information, right? There was a window for a week that they did not access, as it says right here. Right here. Physical evidence for rape or sexual abuse can be collected from the deceased in a manner that would be admissible in court by either a forensic pathologist or a police crime scene investigations unit. One of the two, one of the two, only a forensic pathologist or another medical doctor with special certification in sexual assault can make a formal recommendation. Rape or sexual assault can be only be legally determined by a court because the crime requires. Where was the main point here? It says now right here. Now a month after the massacre. The window for the collecting of the physical evidence of rape that can stand up in court is closed. The forensic evidence. This is according to a forensic official. Under good conditions, authorities would have about a week to collect the evidence from the bodies that were promptly found and handled. But these were not optimal conditions for evidence collection. Now, this article goes on to say it again in different words. Other articles have said the exact same thing. They did not collect forensic evidence. They've, They've even gone on to justify why. Because we were more concerned about identification. Wait, okay, fine. Even whether you accept it or not, the point is they did not do it. The time has passed. So now we've proven in this article, they said they have forensic evidence. So they're lying about that. By default, they did not take forensic evidence. They've repeated that four or five times from officials. So here we are where they're now pretending they somehow have forensic evidence that would somehow verify that there were actual, like court of law level, like the actual accountability side of this. We also have the discussion of one of these journalists who saw the screening. The same screening that they're showing all the other special select journalists, most of which come out and go, yes, it proves everything. Well, he had a different story. Watch the whole thing. The point was he argued, and I went over this in depth. There was no proof, not no, most of it's also no evidence. The head of babies, there's nothing. And they've all walked that back, but there's no proof ahead of babies. No proof of Hamas killing children. No proof of rape, no proof of beheading humans alive. Hamas even, and this is in the screening, Hamas even asked the partygoers if they were soldiers or civilians. Yep, all of it shows the reality of what these, what, what they, they've been lying about this from day one. But if there is no proof of rape or beheaded babies or killing of children, all of these main stories that are still being cycled per this current article from today are not true. Owen Jones, when then put to it by somebody else who says it was that Luis Cruz guy who has still never posted that video, by the way, he's still claiming now, even now that Haretz is saying that never happened, that he saw himself, the baby's, the woman being the baby taken out of her stomach and blah, blah, blah. So he's lying, guys. Either he was somehow shown some snuff video or he's lying. We also have examples of people that were claiming they walked across and saw some of the things we can prove absolutely for a fact did not happen based on the evidence we can show you from 2022. He says he asked a UK journalist and an American journalist. and They both said, yeah, I didn't see those things either. There was no evidence. So we're in the middle of a massive psychological operation here, and they're using the suffering of their own people to hide what they're doing. Here's what this says, the BBC from December 5th. Hamas raped and mutilated women. Now, I'm going to kind of omit some of the most graphic stuff because I just don't want to repeat all this stuff again. But it says several people involved in collecting and identifying the bodies of those killed in the attack told us that they had seen multiple signs of sexual assault. So again, starting with BBC relaying 
what the IDF is telling them. That's what this is. Several people said, yeah, we've heard this over and over. I'm not saying it's not true. But then they go on to say the same things. But they, all these, the several people uh, involved in the collecting identifying, which, by the way, even secondarily means that they only saw the aftermath because they go on to say they had seen multiple signs of sexual assault, including broken pelvises. Well, right out of the gate, guys, the same point as before. The reality of that seems impossible, if not highly unlikely. This is from pelvic fractures and from a medical site. The forces required to fracture the pelvis of a person with normal bone structure are nothing short of massive, extreme situations, such as motor vehicle accidents and falls from very high, from high from heights, or what caused this. I, I actually reached out to somebody about this, and apparently, it is. I think I mean borderline impossible for an average person or a person in general, or no matter how long or repeated different people to cause a pelvic break through rape. Unless there was already some kind of like osteoporosis or some kind of a fracture there already. That's not what we're talking about. I quite frankly think this is because of something that happened after the fact. But it says cuts and bruises and tears. The victims range from children to teenagers to pensioners. Video testimony of the eyewitness of the Nova, Fist, uh, Nova Music Festival shown to journalists by Israeli police. So the same thing Owen Jones saw. Detailed the gang rape. Mutilation, execution of one victim. Okay, well, if that's the case, then why is Owen saying no proof of rape? They're lying. And on top of that, there is no video of, de- of gang rape because no, this has not been proven to anybody. The only people saying they've seen that are in this special screening, and now we've got people in there saying that was not there. And this, what we're seeing by that, guys, is the outlines of some very serious problem where there people are either being asked because they're part, they want to fight for the Israeli government or being coerced into lying to you about it on a massive media scale. Videos of naked and bloodied women fil- filmed by Hamas, which again, I guess it's just magic. We're assuming that Israel somehow got all that footage on the day of the attack and photographs of bodies taken at sites afterwards suggest that women were sexually targeted by their attackers. So that's not even remotely something that proves anything. First of all, we don't know who's taking those videos, as I keep pointing out. But on top of that, it does not prove that anybody was actually sexually assaulted. And I'm not trying, this isn't the thing I want. I I damn them for making me go through this story in the sense that I want to have to pick through this and define, it's disgusting. It makes me sick to have to do this. But the, the point is that it's clearly something very important for them to lie this much about it, that it's important that we break it down. Now, says police have privately shown journalists a single horrific testimony that they filmed of a woman who was at the Nova Festival site during the attack. Okay, so so you understand this. This is after the fact, a film not there of a woman relaying what she saw. Nobody's heard from her. No, apparently, only special people have even seen the filming of her saying this. And the fact that we have people that are saying they saw things that we now prove they never saw makes me question it all. She describes seeing Hamas fighters gang rape a woman and mutilate her before the last of the attackers shot her in the head. It's that same story. It's the same one that, weirdly enough, on one part of the story earlier, we we were being told a man was the one who saw this, relayed that to other people. Then it be that was, and these are all different stories. No, I guess certainly possible that other people saw it, but we have yet to see any of this proven, and none of the people that are claiming they saw this have actually spoken out in public. 
It says they slice. This is the part you've heard this repeated. They sliced her breast and threw it on the street and playing with it and blah. All the hurt, the most the stuff that makes you go like that. Pierce Morgan said, "How could anybody read this and still?" Right. So you just you just fault like re. So I could write something really graphic if you're going to believe whatever I show you. Right. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous that people like this who supposedly are mainstream journalists who just get state they get words on an article and act like that's supposed to influence everyone's opinion. That's not a journalist, guys. That's a child or a propagandist. It says, one man we spoke to from the festival site said he heard the noises. So, so far, we've got one person who no one's heard from who spoke to the IDF and relayed what she saw. That's that's the, the peak of the evidence right now. And don't forget, the Haaretz article that said testimony after testimony went on to say they have yet to take any testimony. That's the level of this push right now. But one man said he heard it from the bushes. Noises and screams of people being murdered, raped, and decapitated. Because, you know, you can clearly hear how decapitation sounds, right? And don't forget, there's also no proof of beheading humans. Alive, anyway. Now it goes on to say, to our question about how he could be sure, without seeing it, that the screams he heard indicated sexual assault rather than any kind of violence, he said he believed while listening at the time that it could only have been rape. A statement he made through the support organization describing it as inhuman. So now apparently we have a third-hand account. You've got a man speaking through a support organization, maybe one a borderline involuntary committed kind of support organization, who is relaying that information to them who's relaying that to BBC. Really, really well done. Police say that they have, quote, multiple eyewitnesses. Interesting how nobody else has talked to them of sexual assault. but wouldn't give any more clarification on how many. Same thing we got before. Going to the level in this article of saying that it was insulting to ask. Saying, or somebody in here, hold on. I guess not. It's in there. I just did that. Manny's not the right word. But the point is, people, she, in this article, this, the girl, this girl, Levy, we're going to show you in a second. Eklam Levy was being asked, how many? International journalists are saying, how many were, how many were abused? And that she got angry with them. How dare you ask that question? It's very, very jarring and obvious the way they're responding to this. And, and the argument, as they'll make here, that, well, we, we don't even know how. We're still trying to figure out how many people were. Okay, we're not asking you to guess at who might be. What is the current standing of what your evidence shows people were abused? The way that that's being treated, like it's insulting to ask, it, it, in, my, in my opinion, it quite frankly proves they don't know what, that they're lying to you. I should say proves, but that's my personal opinion. Like there, there's never been a time where you act like the evidence from a journalist perspective is off the table. But it says when we spoke to them, they hadn't yet interviewed any surviving victims. So let me read that all again, just so it sets in. Police say they they have multiple eyewitness accounts of sexual assault, but wouldn't give any more clarification on how many. But when they, when we, when BBC spoke to them, they relayed that they hadn't yet interviewed any surviving victims. Okay, so wait a minute. How exactly do you know you've got eyewitness accounts if you haven't interviewed them yet? Maybe that's because that's the narrative, and we'll we'll pitch, we'll patch it in later when we talk to whoever we want. We I mean, think about that. Israel's women's empowerment minister, May Golan, who also is going to be relevant in a second, told the BBC that a few victims or of rape or sexual assault had survived the attacks. 
and that they were all currently receiving psychiatric treatment. Involuntarily committed due to mental breakdown. Okay, I'm feeling a little bit of some very ominous overlaps here. But very, very few, the majority were brutally murdered. They aren't able to talk, not with me, and not to anyone from the government or the media. Well, that's very, very alarming. So we're going to put them in psychiatric treatment. They're not allowed to talk to anybody. Videos filmed by Hamas include footage of one woman handcuffed and taken hostage with cuts to her arms and large patches of blood stained in her seats and her trousers. Okay, same story. It's the same video of the same woman getting out of that Jeep and being put with blood in her pants, which is terribly disgusting. It's horrifying. I said the same thing every single time. It seems like that's indicative of sexual abuse. But as a journalist, as a reporter, as an investigator for a police, you have to say that doesn't prove what happened. But they just keep cycling these statements. And when they point at it, they go, we've got the BBC, Times, Haaretz, and all 14 different cited documents showing that this is the case. You mean 14 articles that say the same story? Yeah, that's not the same thing. It says, in others, women carried other way by fighters appear to be naked or semi-clothed. Oh, you mean Shawnee Luke? Yeah, it's the same recycled restore. And now they're just making it anonymized so you don't know because the stories have fleshed out since then, right? That she wasn't semi-naked or she was wearing the same thing she wore at the rave. She was taken to a hospital per Newsweek. I believe she was killed like we now know the Bebas family was killed. I think she was in a hospital because Hamas took her to the hospital, which even Newsweek confirmed, which makes no sense. That doesn't mean that doesn't ignore the people spitting on her, which is disgusting. The point is that they brought her to hospital after she was shot, which it seems like she was shot in the head is what it looked like. I'm willing to bet you she was shot by the IDF members in the process. They brought her to a hospital, that very same hospital, which they said they took her to. I went on to prove days later was shut down for lack of fuel and was bombed. I think that's what happened to her, but that's my opinion. The point though, is that you're listing her again. None of these are indicative of what you're claiming they are. One of them might be. The other one does not appear to align up at all. Multiple photographs from the sites after the attack, they go on to say, show the bodies of women naked from the waist down or with underwear ripped to one side, legs splayed and trying to sign the trauma. Yep, they're still doing this. This is the one they're describing. An image that we've already shown. As I said, Israel used an image. And to be clear, it is a website that gets this from the Israeli government that the Israeli government has endorsed to proclaim this is some kind of a a, a website. I mean, the bottom line is it, it is ha- has been pointed to and used by the Israeli government. And the only place these other videos and things come from are from the Israeli government. So the image that they used for this website that they then removed when we pointed it out on the show was old. And by the way, they keep deleting this. What Twitter continues to delete this tweet. I had to repost just the image of it, but here's the link. I have it right here. The image they're trying to claim, the one that she literally described with the underwear torn to the side is from 2022, or at least one example of it, where they were trying to pretend it was Russian soldiers doing this to Ukraine. The point though, is that not only did, so Max first caught the image as an old image. I later caught that it was removed from the website. Now. Max just tweeted this out right here. This is Levy, the girl we're talking about. As he wrote, the chair of of Israel's investigative committee into rape on 10-7 by Hamas presents an old image of that image as as his investigation is shown of a female Kurdish fighter as women sexually assaulted, as a woman sexually assaulted at the Nova Festival. Okay, so again, 
look, to be objective, as we always will be, that does not mean that no rape took place. But what it means is we can prove right now that the woman who is literally heading up the entire investigation into whether or not rape took place on the 7th is presenting you a provably old image that did not take place on the 23rd. Another image shows the body of a young woman stripped from the waist down, her underwear were torn, hung on one leg, and she was photographed uh, on the site at the Nova Music Festival. And he includes in his, the, you know, he has a full write-up on it and investigation. So they're presenting all this stuff and they continue to use these old things. As he says, the original image was published by the anonymous Hamas massacre website promoted by the Israeli government. That's the, that's the best way to say that. But removed without acknowledgement. Oh, see, you can't even give me, give me credit for that, seeing as how we were the first ones to figure that out. I get the sinking suspicion he's not going to take me up on the interview, which is too bad. It was first published in 2022 and showed dead female Kurdish fighters. Oh, let's go back one. Put that there real quick. There we go. I don't normally go that long without talking. <laughs> All right. So this is the point here. So she shares this as the proof or one of the examples, right? Also, and then I just include this. So Twitter keeps deleting it. So again, going forward, we can prove that this was 2022. So just think about how that fleshes out the larger story, right? And we talked about this on the 18th. Israel caught using old image as proof of October 7th rapes. We'll get to that in a second. One other post he put out. So as she's pointing to it here, or rather BBC is, and as Levy is pointing to it in her own presentation, and we know for a fact that it's not from 2023, that needs to call into question everything else that's happening. Everything. Now it says, it feels really like Hamas learned. This is what she says on the record, mind you. This is May Golan, her right here. Quote, it really feels like Hamas learned how to weaponize women's bodies from ISIS in Iraq. Now, this is my, this is, to me, this is the same level as the person saying that they relayed to him that what they experienced in Gaza was like World War II concentration camps, even though they literally say the exact opposite. To me, that's like a glaring red flag. You're just leaning into the propaganda level of the narrative, right? Or, or maybe you could think for yourself. My point is, why would she? Think what? Even just the basic logic of a sentiment. So you're first of all, let's put it this way: if you're saying it feels like Hamas learned how to weaponize women's bodies from ISIS, does that seem to suggest that ISIS has some unique and identifiable way of weaponizing women's bodies? Like, think about what I'm saying here. How, so she saw this and goes, oh, that's just, that's, that's ISIS style. Is it? Or is it just what you are, you're describing sexual abuse? See, what I'm trying to get at here is it's part of, it's, well, let's just say she's an honest person. 
There's somebody in her ear saying, align this with ISIS. Align this with Nazi. That's what I think. Because it makes no sense to just go, I think they learned how to rape from ISIS people. Because it doesn't make any sense. It's not like there's some unique, identifiable rape style that ISIS employs. Now, you could maybe argue the mutilation. But then my point would be you could find that kind of stuff in any horrible warfare situation. Take a look at what happened in Iraq by the U.S. government. My point is that that seems like a wild propaganda statement. And you're going to see why that makes more sense in a second. Oh, actually, I, I'm, excuse me. It, will, it would if she said it too, but this is actually Eli Elkayim uh, Levy, the girl we were just talking about. So that's interesting. I saw, I saw her name right there. So, but that makes sense too, because this, so that to me suggests more and more of these people are, you know, at least so, somewhere aware that they're pushing a narrative. It brings me chills just to know the details that they knew about what to do to women, she says. Cut their organs, mutilate their genitals, rape. It's horrifying to know all this. So what do, what do you mean know all this? It brings me chills to know the details that they knew about what to do. Like, see, again, this was there a rape manual. Like, I'm not trying to be insensitive here, guys. This doesn't make sense to me. This feels very strange. You're trying to make this into some, I can tell you what they're trying to make it into. Systematic. That's become a, a word that I've seen bubble up in the last two days. In everything Israel's talk, it was systematic. They planned it. They wanted to rape and torture, and they wanted to, and maybe that's true. But none of the evidence backs that up. And so when you, when you make it out to be some kind of weaponized style they took from ISIS, oh, because Hamas is ISIS, right? No, even though they're diametric enemies and they, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Now there, there's obviously ideological overlaps, but they are historically like adversaries. So it's hilarious. They try to do that. But then to go on to say that they know that they, it, it chills me to know that they had, they knew just what to do and how to weaponize. It makes it sound like you had some kind of a one, two, three style I'm telling you there's something very off about all of this. It says, I spoke with at least three girls who are now hospitalized for a very hard psychiatric situation. It's a very weird way to say that because of the rapes they watched. Again, so now you've got people that have been involuntarily committed because you claim they watched. I mean, seems pretty alarming to me. And again, nobody's heard them talk about this. We're being told that they heard them say this. Israel's police chief said that many survivors of the attacks were finding it difficult to talk and that he thought some of them would never testify what they saw. Again. That's a weird statement. I get that this, especially with this kind of an act, that sometimes it's very difficult. But for them, to, for the police chief to come out and go, you know, it may be that never, they never, you never hear it. You're, you're, you're setting the table. Just shut up about it. Stop asking. It may be that it never comes out. Believe us. Believe women. It says, quote, 18 young men and women have been hospitalized in mental health hospitals because they could no longer function. That he is talking about this. He's literally talking about people that were at the festival, which is what they're really talking about for the most part. Much of the evidence has come from the volunteer body collectors. Okay, so right there, the body, the bulk of the evidence they claim are from secondhand after the fact, or rather firsthand after the fact. Here's what we saw aftermath. Okay, so let's just say you think that you can prove through what they see that there was rape. To be an honest, objective reporter, you do not know who committed that rape. All you see is somebody on the ground and you say, well, this is the problem. We can prove the IDF did all sorts of terrible things. Does that go to the level of mutilating bodies to cover up what they did? I don't know. 
I'm not going to claim that without knowing. You think they're not capable of that. You've got another thing coming. We're watching the reality of that right now. But my point is we know they kill people. That's a fact today. We know they did all sorts of horrible things. We know they've lied about murdering babies from women's stomachs and putting them in ovens and 40 beheaded babies. Lied about that. So my point is when the bulk of evidence comes from what they saw in the aftermath. And by the way, some of the things they claim they saw have also turned out to be fake. That's what we're going to show you next. The point is, all of this needs to be questioned. Much of the evidence comes from the volunteer body collectors and those who handled the bodies after they arrived. And one of the body collectors, volunteering with the religious organization, Zaka, described to the person reporting this, and, th and this is Levy still, described to her signs of torture mutilation, which included a pregnant woman whose womb had been ripped out before she was killed. Look at that. This is today, guys. BBC is literally reporting exactly what Haret said was false, exactly what Owen Jones said wasn't even in the screening. These are facts. And let me see if it's actually written the same way in the English version. I think it was right here. Yeah. So it's saying most of them were, uh, where was it? The same Zach member also repeatedly spoke about a body of a pregnant woman found whose ab ab abdom ab abdomen had been cut open. He repeated this account to Haaretz, right? So he spoke in front of a, a, a hearing. He spoke, that's him right there. He spoke in front of, he spoke to Haaretz. So this was not some accident. When we turned her over, we saw that her abdomen was open. He said that he found the woman next to the house's entrance and that the, the boy was found in the safe. Or, oh, that's a different one. The point was right here, somewhere in the description. Most of them are children. I didn't have it highlighted. The whole point of the article, just so you know, is these are all fake stories. These are all things that did not happen. I'm just trying to find the definitive point where it literally says specifically that. Like it says that the eight bodies have burned babies. Some incorrect descriptions made by the Zaka personnel. One repeatedly talked about 20 bound bodies at the kibbutz, which was fake. He told Tehoretz they were boys and girls. There was no evidence that children from several families were murdered together. Oh, I'm just trying to find the one spot on here. Okay, so here it is. So, no children... Okay, start where I was, actually. No children, six or seven, near the ages... Those ages were killed, first of all. So, he's saying he saw these children out, killed outside the safe room. And that's also what Owen says. No evidence of children killed. They're saying, no, there was no killed people at all that age in, in Caboose Bayere. So he's lying right there. He's lying. Or, you know, I guess you could argue that the age is wrong. House 426 in this area, which largely houses Caboose veterans, older people, <clears throat> saying that basically it doesn't add up with what he was saying. Shawnee and her husband did not mention a pregnant woman or a family with a young child who were, who were guests in their house. So the fact that you would claim that already seeming unlikely, a clip was posted on social media describing the murder of a pregnant woman, but the website Fake Reporter and other sources say the video was not filmed in Israel. That's this one, which turns out to be some kind of Mexican cartel video, which was circling. All those Zionist shills sharing it, laughing it up. The kibbutz adds that the story of a pregnant woman reported by Zaka is not relevant to Ba'ere. The police say the case is not known to them, and a pathology source at the Shoreham Army base told Haaretz that it was unaware of the case. Now, of course, if you read the Hebrew version, it's way more. They're making that almost sound like what they're going. Well, we don't know. We don't see it anywhere. As if you might suggest that it's just somewhere else. Read this. 
in her in Hebrew, it's very clear. Did not happen. And the whole point of the article is it's not real. But Zaka said the volunteers are not pathology experts and do not have professional tools to identify a murdered person. And and so basically, so he got it wrong. As for the pregnant woman, Zaka said that due to the condition of the bodies that were found, the volunteers might have misinterpreted what they saw. Oops. Seriously? And same thing in another story, saying a baby was placed in an oven. Beer made no remarks on the donors. uh, But this story also is not true. There's a good way to look at it right there. Not true. Also. So that one or this one. Babies in the ovens. And so my point is, guys, he's going and giving this in testimony in front of everybody. It's not some confused moment where he misinterpreted what he saw. He's still saying that. So shame on Haaretz for downplaying even that. But so back to the point, this is December 5th. They're still reporting that. They're lying to you. Why are we doubting that at this point? The BBC has not been able to independently verify this account. Yeah, that's a... See, that is cowardly. Because my point is we can prove it didn't happen. They know that. So instead of saying that, they go, well, we're not sure. Great investigation, BBC. And Israeli media reports have questioned some testimony from volunteers working with the traumatic after. That's them saying that we, they just did, they weren't sure. So that statement there proves the BBC knows it wasn't true. And that's how they still frame it. That's disgusting. Now, another person testifying provided written testimony of seeing the bodies of two women in the kibbutz with their hands and legs tied to the bed. Another story that was proven to be false. See my point, guys? And These are all in the reports. Right now, we have multiple examples of these supposed witness testimonies either being completely fabricated by the IDF or these people are being told to say this because we can prove these things did not happen. It says, quote, one was sexually terrorized with a knife stuck in her vagina, excuse me, and all the internal organs removed. Now, this, guys, comes from her. This is May Golan. It says, teams here told us that they'd seen clear evidence of rape and sexual violence on the bodies coming in, including broken pelvises. Again. It says, I want to say that we'll never know how many cases there were. That's Levi saying that. Why would you say that? How do you know that definitively at this point? Just because somebody who was burned may have been raped does not, you'll never know. Well, you could say that about any case of a massive. So the point is, you're, they're constantly giving you the language that makes you comfortable with never, well, just, just take it at face value and shut up. That's what it feels like. The civil commission headed by Levi to collect testimony on sexual crimes is calling for international recognition that what happened on the 7th was systematic abuse. See? So you have this entire article where you're making it clear that we have never gotten proven anything. But then you end by going, how dare you not completely condemn everybody and do what we ask for? It says, we see definite patterns. So it, was acts in, so it wasn't incidental. It wasn't random. They came with a clear order. It was rape as genocide. Interesting how the group with the only job to investigate the rape aspect of this finds that it was rape as genocide was the only point. The only reason I'm even down, like this, we've caught her lying already. There's no reason to, to, to show the reverence around this at this point, other than the people who may speak up, who have the allegations. And then, yes, we should treat them with respect because that may be a real story. The point is, as you're trying to flame, frame this as systematic, well, it's pretty obvious because you're already trying to, they, they trained with ISIS-style rapes. And it's just very, very weird. 
The police, it says, Israel's government points to documents it says were found on Hamas fighters that appear to support the idea that sexual violence was planned. Okay, so they got rape manuals now. So they came with chemical weapons instructions, rape manuals, one, two, three, how they, a, a document on how to break into homes, mind comp for special reading. I mean, really, is anybody actually buying this anymore? Were they ever? This was the most documented atrocity in hu- humanity has known, she said. That's just insulting. Now they're claiming this is the most documented atrocity we've ever known in humanity. Talk about the hubris. My God. Clearly that's not true. Now, knowing that they lied about this and knowing that Levi has pointed to this exact point, we know she's lying. We know she's been caught lying about the baby, the the babies. I mean, look, if she's chief investigator or lead investigator of this, and she's repeating the stomach's cut open story, and we can, and even Haretz has proven that's not true. She's at the, she's at the very least a terrible investigator. And again, here's the actual Wayback Machine, so you can see that for yourself. Article here, BBC's key voice of that article is May Golan. She she's somebody who led the black race riots, as she frames it, in Tel Aviv before she was appointed Israel's Minister of Women's Empowerment. So she works for the Israeli government. Surprise, surprise. I'm proud to be a racist, she says. Golan declared at one fascist rally she led. Watch and ask. It's saying, oh, I've got that right here. Burned. They were without organs. Burned, without organs. They were butchered. Listing off all the atrocity propaganda that we just proved wasn't true. They were butchered completely. And by the way, she's claiming she saw this slaughtered to the core. You had heads rolling around. You had heads rolling around. So beheading, beheading also shown out to be case, not, the, not be the case. Breasts of women roaming around and roaming around. It sounds like she's just clumsily repeating without, you know, actually saying it, con- confusing things, what she was supposed to be saying. Breasts roaming around, rolling around. That doesn't even make sense. I just wanted to focus a bit more on the, on the practicalities of gathering. So what they're saying is, you know, the African Jews go back to Africa is what they're saying. That's what this is. So all the claims about how it's all about the home for the, the, the Jews. No, no, just the certain ones. That's not up for debate. They treat is the African Jews like, like they, like they do Palestinians. Outside my house, I see SHIT and spit on the psychopaths. You can see it in their eyes. People who just want to kill me. She's part of the problem. Nobody believes I'm so proud to be a racist. That sure aligns with the woke mindset of the current Biden administration, right? That's because they don't believe this. They don't actually believe what they say either. It's all just to keep you in a certain mindset. But it says the BBC's rape report is loaded, the one we just read through, with demonstrable fabrications. And at the at the heart of it, all, all is the literal fascist hooligan-turned-politician May Golan. She's widely regarded as a demented clown in Israel, but seen as a credible minister of women's empowerment by the BBC. It looks like the BBC was furnished with the photos of the dead female Kurdish fighters from 2022, which the head of the Israel's Hamas Rape Commission falsely presented as Israeli women sexually assaulted in 2023. It's just compounding. It's everywhere, guys. 
Now here's Elon Levy, right? Same Israeli spokesman doing the same thing, pointing to the same article saying gruesome eyewitness accounts. Well, one, one eyewitness account, another guy who heard it, and then everybody else repeating these things. So he's even getting that wrong, even in his propaganda, but goes on to list all the things that most of which we can prove didn't happen. And Propaganda and Co. simply says, what a pathetic show you're putting on despite that desperate cover-up genocide. Your witness didn't see anything. He says he heard it happen. As if he's an AI that can render sounds. I mean, it's, it's all people just, it's nobody's buying this stuff. Now, this is a nine-minute clip, but I wanted to play just the beginning of it. Just to show you how they're just, this is what I'm talking about. They're making the rounds, different Israeli officials, and just repeating testimony. Most of which isn't true. Dana, though, the same thing with Pierce Morgan, says, this is hard to watch. She's lead CNN, of course. Hard to watch. What? That him stating things that you can't prove? How <laughs> You just got Twitter filed. In a, in a reverse way. Our earlier today at the United Nations revealed horrific stories of rape and sexual violence during Hamas's attack on October 7th. I want to warn Viewers, some of what I'm about to describe and the images you might see coming up are disturbing. Survivors of the Hamas attack are sharing what they witnessed on October 7th. Descriptions of women lying dead without clothes. Yeah, you know that one. Elderly women without underwear, girls with their pelvises broken. I mean, come on, you can't do your own research on that and report that that's wildly unlikely? Reportedly from rape. Women bleeding from their private parts. Only the only one that backs up is the woman with the pants and getting in the jeep. Other, unless there's something nobody's seen, because I've asked people who have seen the screening. Horrible, nightmarish descriptions of Hamas's barbaric attacks against Israeli girls and women. And remember, he frames this as people giving their testimony. Today, the United Nations held a special session focusing on the sexual violence committed by Hamas. On October seventh. Oh, oh, wait! It's that guy. So they're not giving their testimony. Okay. Sorry, I guess Jake was mistaken. Hamas perpetrated rape and sexual violence, exploiting these unforgivable crimes as weapons of war. Nearly two months after the... Oh, so now it's just a CNN report? Okay. October 7th attacks, the international community is finally beginning to investigate and recognize reports of brutal and inhumane rapes and sexual assaults by Hamas terrorists, torturing and terrorizing the people of Israel. For so, like Jake's willing to be real for a moment, if that's what you think actually happened, to be able to say, no, you're not trying to only kill Hamas, but somehow is just unable to rationally examine this information. It's just, it's just Israel says all the way across the board. For weeks, Israeli police have been collecting eyewitness testimony, video, and forensic evidence. Nope. No, they haven't, Jake. See, this is how stupid these people are. He's just repeating what he's told. I don't. I genuinely don't think the Jake Tappers of the world are even that bright. Or at the very least, they don't think that they could be misled. They're not collecting forensic evidence because that's already passed. These bodies have been collected. They've all been sent. They've all been processed. It's all happened already. We're 50-something days past this time. It's so insulting to everybody's intelligence to pretend that they're collecting forensic evidence. On top of that, collecting all these testimonies, what testimonies? I've seen the same three stories recycled over and over. Apparently, that's too difficult for Jake to figure out. Detailing countless accounts of rape and sexual assault. No, no, not countless. About three of them, though. The same stories. Perpetrated by terrorists on Israeli women and children. And And they're showing images of cars that were shot by 
the IDF. For weeks, there has been very little outcry or condemnation from the international community, including from the United Nations. Sadly, the very international bodies that are supposedly... When do we get to the first-hand testimonies Jake was talking about? The defenders of all women's silence... ...during Hamas's attack on Israel. Hamas has denied committing any gender-based violence committed during Hamas's attack on Israel. Hamas has denied committing any rapes or sexual assaults. There are exactly no circumstances that justify rape. None. Rape is- right. So another nonprofit leader, not somebody with first-hand testimony. Targeted. So she's just saying, rape's bad. Nobody should be okay with this and believe everything Israel's saying. No, thank you. Same thing. Police, okay, just, just so this is clear, guys. Police chief, senator, all of them blindly repeating what Israel says with no evidence or no proof. Ah, oh, here we go. Now we're getting to the evidence that they claim is the real stuff. Burn. Barely any hair left on her. And video. Why, why do they think that's, they're just repeating stories? These were played from a first responder, a paramedic and a survivor of the music festival, detailing firsthand what they experienced. The two we had were bound by their hands. Their hands were behind their back. There was a body of a woman that had a blood stain on her genitalia. There was a lot of gun wounds there. Shooting was targeted at sexual organs. Yeah, it's it's the same story. It's the same report. No, and, we, and now we don't even know who this person is. That matters, especially when we can prove they've already been lying repeatedly. Why would they, why would this person, be, if this is a paramedic who simply saw this and did not experience that, why wouldn't they relay the information publicly? That screams dishonesty. Same thing. Buzzed out and back to the officials. That's nothing. That we're, these people know they're lying to you guys. There's no way around that. Now, Elon Levy does this. He's attacking anybody that has the courage to point this out. That doesn't mean that I believe everything Joy Gray says. Like, let's not be that silly, okay? But the point is, what she says, whether she believes it or not, or whether she means it or not, is true. Which is, believe all women was always an absurd overreach. That's what I've been saying the whole time. He goes, because they're rapist ex- oh, I'll read what she says first, actually. I think it's right here. She says, believe all women was always an absurd overreach. Women should be heard. Claims should be investigated. But evidence is required. Like, think about disagreeing with that. <laughs> like, that's it's just, it's desperate is what it is. People that need that not to be the reality. As she says, the same is true of allegations out of, as of Israel. Of course it is. But also, this isn't a believe women scenario. Why? She rightly points out, because no female victims have offered testimony. Oops. And it says, for, for years, certain people demanded that we replace due process with believe all women. No, we didn't. That was a manipulation. Most people aren't that stupid. But see, now they're going, but now they won't accept it when we ask them to believe Israeli women. It's like a logical manipulation. They're trying to convince you that what we wanted was blind trust without evidence. Now we don't take it when we're given. (laughs) It's just like, guys, this is dripping desperation. Nobody wants to, no, nobody anywhere is of the mind that you shouldn't have to prove rape allegations. That's just crazy. But then, of course, it goes on to say this. This is this is my point about the whole community notes thing, which community notes is completely absent on basically everything that has to do with what exposing Israel right now. I, everyone's been talking about it. A lot of people. But this says there are plenty of reports, including witness testimony showing that Hamas terrorists raped Israeli women. Go look at these. 
go look at these and then compare them and realize it's the cycling of the same three stories with not firsthand testimony. You're getting plenty of reports. Yeah, that's my point that I was making. Wow, four different links to the average blindly stupid person. They're going to go, wow, uh, community's notes and there's lots of links. They must be real. No, read the links. Do your research. You'll find that there are plenty of reports that are saying the same thing, none of which prove that they have evidence. Witness testimony that you have reported through CNN with a blacked out, with a fuzzed out face when you don't know who they are. Faceless paramedic. It's just insulting. And she says to respond to that, Zionists are asking that we believe the uncorroborated eyewitness accounts of men who describe alleged rape victims in odd fetish terms. Shame on Israel for not seriously investigating claims of rape and collecting rape kits. Here's my point. That is what it was at first. That's why I'm telling you they've suddenly shifted to telling the same story, but claiming a woman saw it secretly. That wasn't the case in the beginning. It was a man. Now they've just told the same story. Well, I, like I said, maybe, sure, maybe they were watching the same thing from different bushes. Or they're just throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks every day. And every time it falls, they go, well, try a man this time. Women, 14 of them. One, they have a book. No, okay, this is what we're dealing with. They're getting caught lying and just giving you another narrative. It should be insulting. And he goes, because their rapist executed them. Okay. So your argument when she says there's no evidence is to go, yes, because they're dead to prove her point for her. That's how bad these guys are at their job. Your evidence is morgue reports. Well, even the morgue reports state that they can't definitively prove the rape. I read it on Times of Israel. But he either doesn't know that or doesn't care. They're all dishonest. And then I said, based on forensic evidence, no. Your forensic teams already admitted that for numerous reasons they did not collect it, and now that window is closed. Of course, you're not going to respond to that because it destroys his argument. Now, David M. Freeman, responding to her too, says, you are the worst person I have encountered on X. Right. So for saying that you don't have provable evidence to back up your claim, she's a vile per not not David Duke or ISIS accounts or neo-Nazi Azov accounts talking about raping people and destroying bodies. No, no, they're okay, but she's the worst you've seen on Twitter. <laughs> no, that's just you. Tr- that's him trying to make her seem that bad because she sa- finally says something that is true. Honestly, I'm not even that familiar with the work, but, you know, corporate media. And then, of course, we've got this point that R.J. Phoenix points out. Zionists have gone one grotesque stop further in their Hasbara. This is absolutely disgusting. I agree. This is horrific. Because, you know why they do this? Because they are not winning with their fake propaganda war. Their evidence is falling apart. Even corporate media are starting to go, yeah, I, I don't believe you. So what do they do? They roll out physical live action propaganda. This was the grotesque display of rape theater by pro-Israel, pro-genocide community in Calgary. Watch this, guys. This, I, I, actually, I'll just play it right here. This is just disgusting. This is literally a play acting of Hamas raping that woman with the, almost to set that in your mind, the same look, the same gray sweatpants. Why? Why would this be important? Isn't this insulting to what happened? I can't believe this. I mean, I mean, really take a second and think about how unnerving that is. You're, you're, and look, all dressed in the same gray. You know why? Because that's the only thing they keep recycling in different angles. 
a woman who had blood in her pants. As far as I know, not in the front, by the way, in the back, on the back. That's why I said it could have been that she sat in something or maybe she was raped. I don't know. But that's the only one. And it's very clearly unproven because nobody talked to her. We don't even know who she is or where she came from. But apparently we all know for sure. See the problem there? And you're going to play act that? Isn't that, but what, you know, 30 seconds ago, that would have been called triggering and it wouldn't have been okay. But now it's okay because we're focused on a different story today. And then, of course, in this very weird way, the Israel account posted a quote from Hillary Clinton saying, rape as a weapon of war is a crime against humanity. It is outrageous that some who claim to stand for justice are closing their eyes and their hearts to the victims of Hamas. You know, the unproven allegations they're putting forward. So what do they do? They roll out Hillary Clinton and then it deleted. Now it says, thank you, Clinton. And then it cuts off and I wasn't able to find anywhere else. I couldn't tell what else they said. For all we know, that was the part they didn't want you to see. I don't know. Or the fact that, ooh, gross. Look at her trying to look attractive. Ugh. But the point is that we're talking about a woman who used rape as a weapon of war. In reverse. Well, technically, entirely. By first of all, lying about Gaddafi using Viagra to rape people, then literally having him raped with a baton, right? With a, with a gun, which is the story, which is horrific. All for lies. All because he didn't want to go along with the plan. Had the highest quality of life, education, free school, free... All, that's all real. Now they have an open slave market. Thanks, Hillary Clinton. You guys did a great job spreading freedom. The point is, Israel's government cites her and then deletes it. I think that's hilarious. Here it is, gone. Now to end with, we're, I think we're right about at three hours right now. So I'm just going to list this off for you. The point is, Santa C points out that Mr. Matt at the State Department is drowning in his lies. Literally puts forward the argument that the reason they haven't released the remaining women. I mean, I'll, let me play this last one. It's only a minute. And if the frustrating part about Twitter, the way it works is, I guess, at least I'm not able to download this second video for some reason. No matter what downloader I use, let me know if you have a solution to that. I could just like clip it out. I didn't want to take the time. But so here, just here's the first one. In response to the, one of the questions about uh, sexual violence, I'm just interested because the phrasing that you used was uh, curious to me, at least. Um, you said um, you have no reason to doubt any reports that, that rape was used as uh, sexual, uh, sexual violence was used by Hamas. You said the fact that they, meaning Hamas, continue to hold women. Now, now why would he have no doubt? See my point? That, that's the same as saying they're doing everything they can and not target civilians. Well, they knew they were lying. He knows he's lying then. You have no doubt. It means we have no doubt that's the story we're supposed to spread. If you have a brain, you have doubt because they've been caught lying and there is no provable evidence per any real investigator. Even the UN, shockingly enough, put that forward. But, you know, he's a liar. That's what his job is. Hostages. Okay. That is a fact. The fact that they continue to hold children hostages, that is also a fact. But then you said the fact that it seems one <laughs> of the reasons they don't want to turn women over that they've been holding hostage and the reason that the pause fell apart is that they don't want those women to be able to talk about what happened to them during their time in uh, captivity. Um the fact that it seems Maybe. why do you is that is this just conjecture on your part or or do you know do you do you have very good reason to believe evidence to, to believe that Hamas is deliberately continuing to hold on to female 
hostages because they're concerned that they will speak about atrocities that were that they were subjected to. So I will Ah, right. But that's not what he meant, but it also includes the fact that they may in fact admit to what has been done to them since they've been there by the IDF. The bombings or the positive treatment they don't want to be told. Now what Matt Mill what Matt Mill uh, um yeah, right, no, Matt uh Lee was alluding to was that you know just questioning they may be returned and, and tell horror stories about what the what Hamas did to them. The obvious point is there's no effing way that Matt could know that or anybody could know why they don't want to release them back. That is Israel seeding a narrative that clearly just oozed out of his mouth with no effort. It's like Biden saying 40 beheaded babies. These people are complete tools. We'll accept the edit, not fact seems is a better way to say it, but let me let me answer the, let me answer the question. Um, the humanitarian pause, which resulted in uh, humanitarian pause, as they literally kept murdering people, both in Gaza and the West Bank, uh, an ex- a release of hostages was negotiated with some very clear terms, and that was that children and women would be the first priority to be released. Um, near the end of that pause, last Wednesday, Thursday, when we were getting towards the end, uh, Hamas was still holding on to women that should have been the next to be released. So did Israel. But I guess that doesn't matter because you're a one-sided clown, right? Right, so Israel had all sorts of women and far younger children they did not release. Easy to prove. But I guess Israel gets its own prerogative, right? Ah, We'll let them pick and choose. They make their own. We trust that. It's obviously a one-sided game here. What they're claiming is that Hamas violated the ceasefire, even though we can prove a thousand ways over that it was Israel that repeated to until they decided to end and blame it. I effing told you that. <laughs> I just didn't I tell you that exactly how it played out. Come on, I deserve credit for how many times I get these stories right ahead of the time, even when I'm guessing. But my point, though, is that they know. That ultimately uh, retrain, I just lost my <laughs> where was I? They refused to release them. They broke the deal. Oh, right. About the breaking of the deal. You know, that, I mean, the point being that they, that goes back to the, the Bebas family. They were trying to release those, the family members, and Israel didn't want that to be a public discussion. So I, that's why they went right back to the bottom. The, they said, ceasefire's over, and they just blamed it on them. But what he says here is very different. Came up with excuses why, ultimately, I don't think any of those excuses were credible, and I shouldn't get into any of them here. Oh, that's right. He doesn't want to get into it because he's told not to. Don't bring up the family, the body. That's that we don't want to talk about that. So that's why. Um, but certainly one of the, the, the reasons that a number of people believe they refused to release them is they didn't want people to hear what those women would have to say publicly. Well, I don't, I, 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 I won't say fact because I don't know it for a fact. Ah, uh, okay. So you just stated as fact and, ma- and said it was fact first, a complete opinion. You're, I mean, this guy's a fool. Like you, you, that wasn't even well done. Like you just ended up admitting, yeah, I guess I just lied. <laughs> Oops. Jeez. How pathetic. Well, here, my, the point is, here's Israel's main account clipping out the very first part when he said that. Again, the fact that they continue to hold women hostage, the fact that they continue to hold children hostage, the fact that it seems one of the reasons they don't want to turn women over is they're holding hostages because they... Uh, you know, because they didn't want them to say what happened to him. Israel goes, yeah, he said what we told him to post it on their account. Matt Lee forces him to admit he was lying. 
But of course, Israel doesn't want you to see that part. They just show you the first part because they're liars. <laughs> it's very simple. Now, here is a State Department employee who resigned. The one we told you resigned when this started, resigned at a protest because he said what they were doing was genocide and the U.S. government was allowing it because they are. He has something very important to tell you about how much the Israeli government actually cares about rape. Sexual violence. Uh, I was part of the human rights vetting process for arms going to Israel and a charity called Defense of Children International Palestine uh, drew our attention at the State Department to the sexual assault, actually the rape of a 13-year-old boy that occurred in an Israeli prison in the Moscobia in Jerusalem. Uh, we examined these allegations. Uh, we believe they were credible. We put them to, Israel, to uh, the government of Israel. And you know what happened the next day? The IDF went into the DCIP offices and removed all their computers and declared them a terrorist entity. Yep. Where do you think the U.S. government gets it from? Um, I think it is vital that atrocities not happen to anyone, not sexual, not sexual violations, not any kind of gross violation of human rights. We are looking at a situation where there is so much dehumanification, where people are not seen for the value that they have. All right. So, yeah, so Haaretz starts telling the truth. Shut him down. Right? Oh, that, that place reported that we raped that boy? You're a terrorist. Yeah, that's that's what they got, guys. Oh, you're 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 committing genocide? Well, you're you're an anti-Semite. You're a Hamas supporter. Yeah, that that's real dumb, isn't it? It's not working. People are seeing through it. Now, as Dan Cohen writes, while Israel was dumb dominating public conversation with evidence-free allegations about mass rape, it committed mass murder on Khan Yunus. Right. That this person was literally blown across into a tree. The point is that they're continuing to bomb the locations that they were once told were safe, but they have nowhere else to go. Now, a couple last points. Dan Cohen also points out and here they, they are blocked. They won't show you his tweet for some reason, even though it's it is there. It's graphic, but it's right. there. Oops. Dang it. Oh, wait. No, maybe it's not. It was open. It was there a second ago. Oh, that's weird. So it does show that then. What is that then? I, I thought that was the other post. Oh, it's from the Mossad account. Of course it is. See, guys, look, they're just, they're constantly deleting what they're doing. Look at this, guys. So this is, so, oh, so that's what this is actually. So they've deleted it since I went live. That's what happened. Damn it. So they had the story. Let's watch, let's see if we can grab it. And then we'll wrap this up. You, this is really difficult these days for, to catch tweets. I think I think Twitter does something to stop it. We'll see if we can get one. Nope, not that one. One last try. All it really said was, and we already talked about it, it's a completely ridiculous story, that they burned children's legs, here we go, with the exhaust pipe of their motorcycles to track them. So if they got away, they would know which ones were wit, which assuming they catch them again, first of all. So it's a very flimsy allegation, but it's far more likely if it even happened at all It's because they were riding on their bikes with them and they burned the leg. And then they got plenty of food and everything they needed and they were happy and, you know, whatever else they're saying now that they're home. By the way, the kids they're saying this about are home and they're claiming that that was, that they were treated well. So that's why they go, no, they burned their legs. And it, wink, wink, he's telling me behind the scenes that they did all the terrible things that he doesn't say out loud. I mean, the reason I'm, it's so easy to, it's because that's what's happening. We're being lied to in such comically stupid fashion about very serious things. It's not going to seem, oh, yep, court. That's what I'm talking about. Won't load. It's there. Somebody saved it, but it won't load. Shocking from the Mossad account, Mossad community. Anyway, it's a completely fake story. The journalist who posted the video 
retracted at minutes after posting it saying the military misled him. Oh no, I take it back. This is the one about the burns. That's right there. So this one is this one we talk. Oh, it's, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm always doing that. I'm one step ahead of myself and I forget it's right there. You guys are probably watching that. So he's update. They've marked it above video. Interesting. So it says community notes has now marked the above video lying about the babies and the clotheslines, right? That's the story that was already shown to be false based on his reporting. The disinformation operative behind this refused to move the video, of course. And it says this has already been removed because of his reporting. And it was the point that they were saying, they, this guy was saying that they hung a bunch of babies on clotheslines. That was like a week ago. They're still pushing fake, fake information. And a journalist pulled it back and was like, I'm sorry, this was false. And this one was the one about the kids. These really foreign ministry and media outlets are saying they have scrubbed it from the records now, which was, and this is Nafeli Bennett, head, one of the, uh, head, prime minister of Israel. We now know that Hamas terrorists who held 13-year-old kids and they, they burned their legs so they could catch them if they escaped, essentially, these two kids. Nope, they've now walked, they've pulled it back. They said, oh, no, it's a fake story. H- how often does this need to happen before we start realizing that people like ben, Netanyahu and Bennett are so desperate that they're lying about anything all the time. Now, to end, Nawaz, Majid Nawaz points out, when Musk and Netanyahu spoke, we've already shown you this, Netanyahu warned Musk that Hamas attacks would spread to the West, which is just insulting to your intelligence. It's really stupid. But I agree with what he says here, though. As we stated in last week's show, this was Netanyahu threatening the West with false flag reprisals if they do not support him. Now, you can disagree with that, but I quite frankly agree with that. And right off the heels of that, here is what the U.S. government is telling you. So what I would say that is unique about the environment that we're in right now in my career is that while there may have been times over the years where individual threats could have been higher here or there than where they might be right now, I've never seen a time where all the threats or so many of the threats are all elevated all at exactly the same time. That's what makes this environment that we're in now so fraught and why funding our men and women who are working shoulder to shoulder with state and local law enforcement and other partners every day makes it even more important, not less. So blinking red lights analogy about 9-11, all the lights were blinking red before 9-11. Apparently, obviously all of us missed it. Would you say? Oh, weird! Just like just like October seventh. What a weird overlap. That there's multiple blinking red lights out there. <laughs> I see blinking lights everywhere I turn. Of course you do, right? Isn't that familiar? Sort of like we see the threat rising, we just don't know how to stop it. The one Whitney and I kept talking about in 2020 that completely got motive marshaled into the war on domestic terror, exactly like we predicted. Here we are again. Blinking lights everywhere. It's all Hamas is coming. They're, they're clearly in a desperate, clumsy fashion trying to patch together some kind of new, like, it, I mean, it's all in the same direction. This is exactly what it seems like. They're trying to get you worked up that Hamas and whoever bad guy, Russia, Iran, or whatever they say that day is going to create. I believe that this is them trying to create the setting to execute something that will distract you all from what we're all seeing right now. Here's Blinken. Today. I announced a new visa restrictions policy targeting individuals and their family members involved in or meaningfully contributing to actions that undermine peace, security, and stability in the West Bank. So the Israeli government? All right, all right. Oh, wait, no, he means everybody else. 
Violence against civilians will have consequences. Israeli government? Oh, no. Everybody else. Okay, that's too bad. Now, so obviously, he's ridiculous. And what he's doing is saying Palestinians aren't welcome in the country anymore without saying it. That's what he's doing. And obviously, when Trump did something similar around all Arabs or framing it a different way, they say these people called him a racist, terrible person. But of course, now they're doing it for freedom and it's different. No, you're literally creating an arbitrary visa restriction for people. Of course, who do you think are going to meaningfully contribute to problems in the West Bank? And he's talking about visa restrictions in the U.S. Who do you think that applies to? It's going to be Iran or Palestinians at large. That's what this is. Or anybody that speaks out in support of it, right? These people are ridiculous. They're creating the 11. Like, so what it's going to create in my mind is the fact that now anybody that does have one of those things is already going to be on a red flag situation. They're, they're setting up the, create, the, the perception that this is coming to you. I think it was uh, Orwell shared me this. or who, somebody. Was, I think it might have been her. Somebody shared this with me. I forget now off the top of my head. This is on obviously the highway. Let's be clear. Hamas is your problem too. Jewbelong.org? That's creepy. Like, like the idea, like who other than racists who are always like that and always exist in some places are any, who's anywhere is claiming that Jews shouldn't be here or that they don't belong or that they are the problem. Like that's, it's that you're focusing on what I argue is a largely created like Zionist manipulation Plenty of racist people exist in that to create this dynamic where anybody calling out Zionism is suddenly hating Jews. And so that then creates Jewish people who think that we're attacking Jews and it, it, they, they're the ones creating this problem. But that doesn't mean racists don't exist. The idea to frame this as they're your problem too. They're, this people are now thinking Hamas is a growing problem around the world. Don't forget, Donald Trump said they're coming in on the southern border. That was not an accident. Spectator Index says Israel's opposition leader, Lapid, Yair Lapid, is now calling for Netanyahu to resign. So we're already starting to see these things happen. It's going to get very uncomfortable the more this gets disjointed. Erdogan is now saying that Netanyahu, quote, will be tried as a war criminal. You know, Netanyahu knows that. So that means it's going to get worse before it gets better. And guess what? I hate to say this, but I already see it happening. They're going to allow that. Probably to make him... Give him, give him the rope to hang himself with. Then use it to benefit their own political agendas. You know what? who gets the brunt of the problem and none of the benefit? The Palestinian people. That's how it always goes. So I'll leave you with this great clip from an Irish man at the, at the parliament speaking about, you know, the hypocrisy, the double standards of everything we're talking about all the damn time in government. But thank you for joining me today, guys. I think it's important that we keep you know, in honestly engaging with this, as much as this is a very difficult conversation, I don't like talking about a lot of this stuff, it, but it's important. Who, I mean, if, if we're, you know, if, if not us, who, who is going to talk about the reality of this when most people are terrified to even wade into these conversations until they get the nod by some above entity that says, okay, now we can talk about 9-11. Okay. Now we can talk about vaccines now. And they wade in and usually get most of the credit. That's not what we're here for, right? We're here for you, and you know that. So we're going to be here on the front lines, breaking these down. I made, I made the analogy before the joke. It's like I'm out here with the, the machete, chopping down everything, cutting every single, and a lot of us are. It's not just me. 
chopping down every single thing and I'm doing all the work and getting everything down. And, and I look back and there's some bigger person back there going, look at what I found. <laughs> Never goes, look at what they found. And I'm like, fuck, I'm excuse, who I just cussed. I'm on three stories down the line, chopping down the work and getting down. <laughs> that's, that's what it feels like to me. But I, I take pride in that. I think pride in the fact that we are consistently ahead of these stories that a lot of these large accounts wade into way after the fact and get most of the credit for. That's just the way the world seems to work. I care more about getting the truth out and having these people's lives change than anything else. So if you'd like to support this platform, as usual, there's ways to do so down in the links below the show. Just sharing the work is the most important thing. But we have our autonomy program that you can support if you'd like to support this platform in general, our Substack, or Subscribestar, buy me a copy, or just directly donating through the website or mailing something in general. I always like a nice note. But we're going to keep pushing. We always will. Thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.